That first story looks at more fallout from the Vince McMahon lawsuit. At top of today's news are more reports concerning the recent lawsuit filed against Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and the WWE. It appears the lawsuit is having a domino effect, not only with the parties being sued, but the WWE's plans for WrestleMania. So could Vince McMahon be in prison now? There's breaking news concerning Vince McMahon as the Wall Street Journal is reporting federal authorities have been investigating sexual assault and trafficking allegations against WWE co-founder Vince McMahon according to people familiar with the investigation. Prosecutors in New York in recent months have been in contact with women who have accused McMahon of sexual misconduct, the people said. The Journal reported elaborated on the federal search warrant executed last summer as well as a subpoena issued to McMahon. Over the summer, federal agents executed a search warrant from McMahon's phone and delivered a subpoena to him for documents related to any allegation of rape, sex trafficking, sexual assault, commercial sex transactions, harassment or discrimination against current or former WWE employees. Next up, a shocking development in the Vince McMahon lawsuit. In related news, there's a shocking development in the previously discussed lawsuit by former WWE employee Janelle Grant. Laurinaitis' defense attorney, Edward Brennan, recently told Vice News that Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. If you read the complaint, you may be baffled by Laurinaitis' attorney arguing that the defendant was a victim. However, he's arguing, read the allegations, read the federal statute, power, control, employment, supervisory capacity, tutorial sexual demands with repercussions if not met. Count how many times in the claim Vince asserts control over both of them. Now, while we aren't making a legal opinion, it sounds like Laurinaitis is claiming that he had no choice but to give in to Vince McMahon's alleged demands. Whether or not Laurinaitis can prevail with his claim in court should prove interesting. One thing is worth noting, many observers believe that Laurinaitis' defense could impact any case against McMahon as Laurinaitis appears to be backing up Janelle Grant's claims against McMahon. Although this is inconclusive proof of the allegations, it could prove problematic to McMahon's defense. Next up, Brock Lesnar is being erased from WWE games. Now, the fallout from the lawsuit against Vince McMahon continues as Brock Lesnar has disappeared from the WWE Supercard Online game. 
EW Insider's Mike Johnson reports this is just the start as Lesnar is expected to vanish from other licensed products such as the WWE 2K series. It would appear that 2K as a licensee for WWE is following the company's lead after WWE banked off on using Lesnar last weekend at the Royal Rumble event. Lesnar was slated to return and begin his WrestleMania season storyline, but in the wake of the Janelle Grant lawsuit filed against WWE, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis several days before, we are told the company chose to withdraw Lesnar's involvement. Although Lesnar is not being sued, he allegedly made what PW Insider described as disgusting requests from Miss Grant. Consequently, Lesnar appears to be persona non grata with Mike Johnson adding, Going forward, PWInsider.com has been told by sources familiar to the matter that we should expect to see Lesnar downplayed, if not outright removed as he was in the Supercard game, as much as possible going forward by 2K and potential other licensees. Dave Meltzer reported earlier this week that Lesnar may be done entirely with the WWE and added in this week's Observer, there are no plans at this time to use Lesnar. Given his star power, saying this is forever is probably foolish, but it's likely not going to be anytime soon. Lesnar has been the company's first or second highest paid wrestler and one of its most protected stars for the past dozen years. And the fact that he's out of WrestleMania and his future is in jeopardy is amazing because of how little attention it's gotten. Meltzer noted that WWE's plans for Lesnar was to appear in the Rumble, then face Dominic Mysterio Elimination Chamber, and this would have mirrored the scenario where Dominic eliminated Braun Breaker, then challenged Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 40. Also in an update by PW Insider, WWEShop.com has placed 99% of all merchandise related to Brock Lesnar on discount sale. In speaking to WWE sources today, we are told that going forward, Lesnar is off the table from all creative pitches. Is this really the end of Brock Lesnar? Not exactly how I wanted to start the beginning of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, but <clears throat> it is what it is, and that's what we're starting with. So, yes, you heard the story from the very beginning of the shocking allegations against Vince McMahon, the whole thing with John Laurinaitis wanting to go ahead and, um, I guess... Silly silliness say that he is a victim, which <laughs> none of us believe that. And of course, Brock Lesnar being removed from several games after the allegations. <clears throat> Very interesting stuff. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. This is the 301 episode. I am the Main Event Player Super Secret himself. Furman Torres coming back at you, the god among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. Obviously, we've got to talk about the fallout from the Royal Rumble. we got to talk about that. Uh, we've got to talk about, obviously, we got more stories in regards to the whole thing with Vince McMahon, with Brock Lesnar, with John Laurinaitis, several things that I found out. And I'll probably talk about it later on. Um, we'll talk it right at the beginning of the show. And, of course, uh, Vengeance Day is coming up tomorrow night. <clears throat> NXT Vengeance Day is going to be happening tomorrow night. So I'll be uh, talking about that and much, much more. You know, it's been a very, very interesting day. Uh, and even today, February 3rd, is uh, interesting. We're in, it's funny that we were just in January, just yesterday, or just just a couple of days ago. Right now, all of a sudden, here we are. At um, on January third, right now, and it is just amazing how all this has turned out, right? And just completely amazing. And you know, and it doesn't. And honestly, I don't think it feels like two thousand twenty-four. I really don't think it is. I mean, it feels like we've we're still in two thousand twenty-three, but now you know because 
when when February first came in, my first thought was, "Holy shit, February first is here! Happy New Year!" It's like, wait a minute, why am I saying that? It's like we we just did. Oh fuck! It's it's one of those things where even though it's February, people are still saying Happy New Year in two thousand twenty four, even though we already did that a month ago, right? That's the strangest, strangest thing. So, uh, there is something else we need to talk about, but I don't want to talk about it yet. We're going to, we're going to save it for the end of the show. It's uh, a question and it's a question that will probably not have an answer at the end of the show, but it'll probably be revealed sometime soon. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff we got to talk about. The Royal Rumble, Vengeance Day, more news on Vince McMahon, other news in a particular nature that would be happening in the next few um, hours. So with that being said, let's get into some music and then we'll get into the whole thing with Vince McMahon and everything else like that. So, and plus also something from the press conference that took place right after the Royal Rumble. Uh, some talks from Triple H and from Cody Rhodes. You'll hear, hear that on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. All right, let's get right into the music and then talk wrestling, shall we?
What's going on? Furman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. 2023 is over and 2024 has arrived. And that means all of you are making your New Year's resolutions and some of you are going to fulfill them. And all of you are probably not going to be able to do one single damn thing about it. So why not go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and make that a part of your New Year's resolution. Come over, drink some beer, have yourself a good time, eat some good food, jam out some good music, check out some live performances from several bands that have performed over at Rich's Billiards over the years. And if you got nothing to do on the weekend or nothing at all of any kind, why not go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and have yourself a cold one and a shot and bring along a few friends if you want to. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the barman bars and the billiards among billiards. 2024 is here and make Rich's Billiards your New Year's resolution. This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. And also sponsored by the Tony Gomez Show. You are the master of your own destiny. Check out the Tony Gomez Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe to the Tony Gomez Show wherever you go and listen to the Pit Podcaster himself wherever you go. Triple H was asked about everything, and he claimed he has not read the lawsuit. That's what he claimed. So he's trying to say that he's absolutely oblivious to his job? Is that what he's saying? I mean, look, he's in a terrible position, okay? And I like the guy, obviously, okay? But, I mean, there's just, you know, I have not read the law. I mean, that was about as believable as that time when Julie Hart confronted him. Remember that? Oh, yeah, in, wrestling uh, with shadows. Oh, I knew nothing about it, you know? Like, that was the believability level of that. But Paul Levesque is part of the story, obviously, because he's the son-in-law. He was the one at the press conference who didn't say anything. But it's a minor part of the story. I mean, Vince McMahon is the story. John Laurinaitis is the story. John Laurinaitis, man, that... Oh, God. I don't even know what to say about that. Okay, those are the comments from Dave Meltzer and from Brian Alvarez from the Wrestling Observer. This took place right after the Royal Rumble. I had some thoughts on everything that it took place. Now, we're still on this whole story with Vince McMahon and everything. So just to give you guys a brief deal as to what's going on and why this is being started off. As you guys know... Last week, uh, there were several uh, several reports of Vince McMahon of sex trafficking, uh, sexual abuse, sexual allegations, a 67-page uh, lawsuit that I have not had... Well, I had a chance to read some of it. And everything that everyone's been talking about, including Jim Cornette, and, and trust me, when, when you hear... When you see and read all of this stuff it is so amazing it <laughs> the stories that are coming out of this whole deal is unbelievable you know and it just makes you wonder okay what's going on here now i still am under the impression and under the belief that even though Vince McMahon is guilty of all charges and and Laurinaitis is guilty of all charges despite the fact that he thinks he's a victim which i think that's absolutely preposterous to say. I still think that Janelle Grant 
is possibly now once again, and I and I'm st- I'm sticking by what I said. Uh, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I believe she is. She may be innocent in a certain way, but I wouldn't believe that innocence for one bit. Not 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 while money is involved. Not while money is involved for any reason. Listen, nobody is really in. Uh, look, the justice that people may think that this woman's seeking is to put Vincent Mann in prison or whatever. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, if she takes his money, that's fine. She deserves it. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. It would have been much better. I mean, if she would have gotten money, uh, a, a certain amount of money that would be interesting would be good. If it's a huge amount of money, that's amount of greed that makes me think, okay. The three million, if she were to ask for Okay, there was three million involved, right? And she was only paid one million. If she were paid five million dollars, she'll take that. She, oh, I don't know about that, but she may take it. If it was somewhere close to ten million dollars, okay, cool. Ten million will go right to her. I think that I think that's a true, fair assessment, in many ways, because. <clears throat> If you're asking for a bigger pay, if you're asking for a bigger amount, then it'll show the amount of greed you want out of this whole situation. It will it will show that in so many ways. Because if she goes as far as say 50 million to maybe 500 million, I'd be like you are out of your fucking mind. And also she may want part of the company. That's also something to consider as well. That's why I don't want to go ahead and back Janelle, uh, Janelle Grant for anything in the world. Because listen, women like that, listen, she may be a young woman. She may have been victimized. She may have been traumatized. Yes, I understand all those things. But the true justice, the true justice in this whole situation is whether or not the justice system decides whether you get this money or not. Like I said, if she gets $3 million, that's fine. If she gets $5 million, that's fine. If she gets $10 million, I think that's close enough. If she goes farther, then there's something more to it than that. And I, and I know some people, this woman got raped. This woman was, you know, was sex trafficking and all. Yes, but I'm talking about the amount of money she should actually get instead of the amount of money that she thinks she'll get. Okay? Because... Sometimes I think always, I think a judge would always look at that and wonder if she deserves that kind of money. I mean, the the amount of money that I just mentioned right now seems more reasonable. It's way more reasonable. Because if it's, if it's higher, if it's close to 500 million and, and uh, or, well, it, it, it's, it's tough to say because, listen, my view is I don't want this woman to control WWE. I don't care if Vincent Man goes to jail. As far as I'm concerned, that's already out the window. That's done, all right? That's more done than you can possibly imagine. Um, it, it's just, it's a whole lot of things to think about and everything. Now, with that being said, um, there is some recorded stuff that I, I worked on um, a couple of days ago talking about this whole thing with the press conference and everything, and of course you'll hear some comments from Triple H, you'll hear some comments from everything else like that, and you'll know where all this is going. So let's let's get to my main event thoughts on this uh, section of the Main Event Talk podcast, and then we'll get more into 
the allegations with Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis in Home Line Yards. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and get this one part out of the way because I know that um, as I'm recording this episode, I mean, this is the day after the Royal Rumble. Uh, I had just saw the Royal Rumble once again, you know, and uh, I am also looking into the press conference that took place um, with Triple H. So let's address something here. Let's be, before we get because there's a lot of stu- there's a lot of wrestling we got to talk about. There's a lot of things we need to address uh, as far as what's happening in AEW, what's happening in TNA wrestling, especially in TNA wrestling because of the stuff that's happened at the Royal Rumble connected to them. And also, of course, the Royal Rumble. We're going to talk about those matches and we're going to talk about everything. But I want to get to the press conference as soon as possible because of the fact that obviously I had an idea of what was going to happen if there was going to be a press conference involved. Now, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a press conference involved. I didn't know if a press conference would be involved, but it happened. It happened. And I was a bit worried about that press conference because of the one thing. And um, just in case you guys are, have uh, don't know what I'm talking about, you guys have heard about this in the last episode of the Maven Talk podcast. Uh, and also, I... Um, You know, this is a very, very, very bad subject to talk about. And once again, we have to address it, the whole thing that happened with Vince McMahon. Now, I know that there are some people, especially a lot of people these days, that are still talking about what Vince McMahon has done and everything. This whole thing with with, uh, Janelle Grant and everything. And it just... It's one of these things, and 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 once again, I I I asked a question. I don't I don't think I said said it at the the last episode, but this is the thing that I want to know about. What does she have to accomplish in this whole thing? Is she going to have a part ownership of the company? Is there is there some money that she's going to be given? I mean, the 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 justice part, the justice part really doesn't matter to me. It re- it really doesn't because even if Vince McMahon goes to jail and, and, and trust me, believe me, I know a lot of fans, especially people, would be happy to see all that go down. For me, as a fan of Vince McMahon, I would be a bit upset if he was in jail. But at the same time, it's one of those old expressions, what goes around comes around. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, Vince McMahon will have to be, will truly have to be accountable for his actions. It is the truth, and it's not. And the thing is, guys, this is not just something that happened already about this whole thing, you know, with the lawsuits and everything else like that. This has been going on for years. This has been going on for a very, very long time. And you have to also remember, there's other people like myself that are fans of Vince McMahon, but we also do not condone the actions of Vince McMahon and everything that has taken place. I mean, it is bad. And look, listen, and I've said this before about the woman. I don't, I really, and, and listen, I'm going to also make an apology here. I, um, you know, I, I've heard about the woman being traumatized and all that. So that, that, that part is not what I'm apologizing for. The, the thing that I'm apologizing for is 
uh, I think she had lo- uh, she had lost her mother and lost her uh, father years ago. I think before she went prior to the WWE, right? And also, um, also there are things about her that I that that I found to be, you know, her being suicidal and her being, you know, every every other thing in in the world, you know the. I think she, I, I I remember something about suicide, and I remember something about an illness and everything, and I heard about all those things, right? So, what I'm wondering now, I mean, and and once again, I'm apologizing for that uh, because of you know I didn't know much about the woman, but also besides the apology, besides everything that I'm mentioning, what is the <coughs> what's the end game? What's the end game of this whole situation? What is she really getting out of this? Is she getting the money that Vincent Mann owes her? Is she gonna get part of WWE? What what is what is all of this about? What is this all about? If she gets any kind of justice, then that's fine. I I think you're gonna get Vince McMahon in jail. You're gonna put him in a position where he's already he's already been removed from the board. He's already, he's already resigned. And I think what Vince McMahon has done, I mean, for him to resign is the right call, unfortunately, to keep business going and to make sure that, you know, that nothing happens to the business, especially WWE, you know, and the way that it's been. Now, even with the lawsuit and even though with everything that's happened, when this press conference was brought up, at the Royal Rumble, my, my thought was, "Oh shit!" and and this is this is the thing. The reason why I say that is because obviously the thing that people are going to mention is the whole thing with Vince McMahon. They're going to mention at press conference. I mean, they're going to mention it at the press conference, and 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 it's like this is bad because the WWE went through a very successful Royal Rumble, had many many surprises that happened at the Rumble. Um, had had what a, a five hundred billion dollar deal with Netflix and and all that other other stuff, which is mostly just something good for the WWE, and for this to happen, for this to happen to Triple H, and for this to happen to the WWE, it is a very dark cloud. But also, I think I know that the news media, especially the wrestling news media, are going to want the answers to this question. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, and I know it's not the same, but at the same time, there's a bit of a similarity to everything. The only difference is I think Triple H is smart enough to know what the hell he's trying to do. I wouldn't consider them controversial. I don't see them as controversial, the things that he answered. So this is the thing. You've got a nut job and an idiot on the other side by the name of Tony Khan who has refused to answer any of the questions from the whole thing with CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, the executive vice presidents, the, uh, the whole thing with uh, Time Order Discovery, and also the whole thing with Chris Jericho. How come, you know, people... And people have to remember something. Those questions have not been answered either, okay? Those questions have not been answered whatsoever. So what Triple H did 
and how he did it. Some people consider it controversial. I say, no, that's it's not controversial by any any stretch of the imagination. And I know Dave Meltzer, and I saw the tweet where he mentioned your father, uh, I think he mentioned something about your father-in-law was accused of rape and all this other stuff, and and this is bad. I, I remember something about that, that this is bad, this is very, very bad. I know what, I know what Dave Meltzer is trying to do. But, th- but there's a couple of things that I'm seeing with Dave Meltzer that even I will admit that it's it's not, you know, l- let me let me try to explain this a little bit more. Dave Meltzer is this wrestling journalist, right? Is this individual, and obviously he knows who Vince McMahon is, and obviously he knows who Paul, Paul Levesque is and everything else like that. Don't you think that it would be in the best interest for WWE not to talk about the whole thing that happened with Vince McMahon, the whole thing that happened with John Laurinaitis and this woman and everything else like that. I mean, don't you think we need to get over this whole situation? And yes, I understand that it's the topic of discussion, the whole thing with the sex trafficking, Vince McMahon, the sex talks, the the whole thing, that, uh, the, the whole 67-page lawsuit, which, by the way, I've not read it yet, but I am, uh, I'm very intrigued by that lawsuit, and I'm very intrigued by reading the stuff that happened. And, and trust me, I heard it from, uh, I think, um, who was it? It was, uh, <coughs> I think it was... Jim Cornette, who talked about it, and he was even in shock of the things that happened. It's, you know, you know, as a fan, and I'll say this, we went through a badass Royal Rumble. We had ourselves a very good time. And I know that some people are still going to be just talking about this thing with Vincent Mann. But also some people are going to say, well, why didn't Triple H talk about it? Why didn't Triple H do this? Why didn't? Why do you think that? And, and even, let's see, the, the thing that I heard, and I, I think you heard at the very beginning of the show, was that he had no knowledge of the lawsuit. Which I'm going to say, I mean, that's pretty BS. That's pretty BS, if, if you ask me. It's pretty BS to, to, um, to say something like that. But also, I think Triple H knows that that question is going to be brought up. And there was really nobody to address that issue. There was, I mean, if, if Triple H were to... I, I guess answer that question. I mean, I don't know. I that, that's the that's the thing that I find funny with most of these press conferences, especially when it comes to the wrestling press conferences. Because, quite honestly, if if this is being addressed in say a Fox News or um, uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the whole thing with the the New York Post and all that. I think there would be some type of a press conference and it would involve the individuals in there. Okay? And the individuals that I'm talking about are Vincent Mann, John Laurinaitis, and everybody else involved in this whole situation here. Even Brock Lesnar. Even Brock Lesnar, who, by the way, did not appear in the Rumble for obvious reasons. Now... For the wrestling media to talk about Triple H, 
And to ask him that question, listen, you're going to get an you're going to get an avoidable response from Triple H unfortunately. Now, there was a new site that had said that not not to discuss the allegations. And it was this was amongst the superstars. And I think this does apply to Triple H as well. I think Triple H, look, listen. If some people are going to say that Triple H just refused to acknowledge what happened, refused to talk about what has transpired with his father, let me tell you something. In my opinion, in my opinion, this has nothing to do with Triple H. This, 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 and honestly, it's the truth. This has nothing to do with Triple H. This has nothing to do with what's going on with WWE. This has nothing to do with what's going on with the, the Royal Rumble, the surprises, the sponsorships, the deals, everything. It has nothing to do with that. Now, if there was a point where if the question was brought up and somebody backstage or Nick Khan or somebody were to ask him that question and Triple H have had a proper response, then maybe he'll go ahead and answer that question, you know? And it has to be done in a very proper manner. And I think Cody, I think Cody had, um, I think he had talked about the issue as well. And he had it, and he, he said it for the right way. Um, you know, there was nothing controversial about it. I mean, we all know about what happened. We all know what took place. But I don't think it should put the WWE in that same light right now. It really doesn't. Because, l- listen, this is a different WWE from what happened several years ago. Okay? <coughs> now, I have, I have said this before. And I'll say it again. I've waited a very, very long time. And I think a lot of fans have waited a very long time for Vince McMahon to step down from the WWE and to let everything be how it is. Now, I always felt that if Vince McMahon were to step down from the company, he should just let the other people run the country, uh, lo- run the company and let it be how it is. And if there has to be some major changes to the, for the company in order for it to improve, that's fine. Let let Triple H run it. Let it be how it's supposed to be. And then let um, Vince McMahon, you know, just stay somewhere at a, at a home or at a, at a condo somewhere and do the shit that he's been doing for a while. Okay? <laughs> well, I'm not saying he would do that, but you, you, you get the idea. You get the idea. But now... This whole thing with Vince McMahon. I mean, he, let's face it, he, he's known for being the chairman of WWE. All right? But let me also say this after thinking about this. If the whole thing with TKO earnings did not happen, or TKO and, and, and Endeavor did not happen, could you imagine the WWE going downhill because of Vince McMahon? going downhill because of the fact that he did all these things. Now, I think when Vince McMahon had stepped down the first time, we knew, we knew this was it. When the whole hush money scandal happened, 
when all of that happened in 2022, this was the point where now everything needs to strike. A lot of people needed to be removed. A lot of people that used to run the company the way it needs to, needs to do and the people that have wanted to move forward with the company are doing so. Bringing back stars that should have not been fired bringing back individuals that I think had all the knowledge in the world to put the WWE on on the map, that is where the position of WWE needs to be at right now. Now, when Vince McMahon came back, things started changing. And also, a lot of people were very upset or very distraught over the fact that Vince McMahon came back to power. And I admit that I didn't want to see Vince McMahon brought back in power or brought back in any capacity either because of the fact that because of the fact that the whole the whole hush money scandal should have kept him away but all Vince McMahon could do was think about work that's all he wanted to do was think about work and the whole thing with the sale I think the reason the purpose of his sale was to make sure he still had control of the company But what he didn't know was that TKO and Endeavor have this policy. uh, This policy of keeping the negatives away from the positives. And believe me, there are a lot of negatives that are out there, not just in WWE, but in UFC. I I talked uh, last week about how Dana White had slapped his his wife in front of a lot of people. And it... (coughs) The news had gone viral. The news had gone viral so bad that I would have been surprised if Endeavor had done anything to put down Dana White, but they haven't done it. They haven't done anything to it. So that kind of tells you a lot of a lot about that, you know. But Vince McMahon, the whole thing with the hush money scandal, he should have been he should have been he should have been removed from power a long time ago. Which is true. I agree with that. Now, when he came back, uh, you know, he didn't really mess with the WWE in any way possible. He, he sort of tinkered a little bit. I think that's what he did. But I feel that I think he should not do anything to WWE at all. If anything, he should have just stayed away completely. Because, you know, even I admit, who, who knows what other things happen with Vincent Mann. And then all of a sudden, this was brought up. This was brought up in a very, very crazy manner. This lawsuit, this thing with Janelle, uh, Janelle Grant, and and all the things have happened, the the whole thing with the sex, and the whole thing with the text messages, and and the text message that Vincent Mann told them that I own you and I will fuck you in any way that I can, you know, and for all that to be there, I haven't seen, I haven't read the entire lawsuit, but the thing is, I, when I heard that, oh boy, I. I would have loved to have read that entire lawsuit and to find out all the information I need to know about it just so I can have an idea like, oh, wow. I mean, I knew Vince McMahon was a... a, I knew he would be some sort of a sexual predator in some way, but my God, he, he took it... He took it to a whole new level, and plus he exposed it. He exposed it. So... What, what's the whole point that I'm trying to make out of this whole situation with Vince McMahon? It's quite simple. I just want to see the WWE succeed. 
I want this business to continue. But I want it to continue with new people involved and also to make sure that the company is still the number one company happening in all of not just sports entertainment, but professional wrestling in general. And if people are going to continue to bring up Vince McMahon because they want answers and they want to make sure, listen, he's already removed from power. He's already removed. He's gone. It's, it's not coming back. If, if people are going to continue, especially the news media, the wrestling news media, that is, <coughs> is going to continue to ask the question about Vince McMahon, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, those answers will not be, those questions will not be answered until somebody decides, okay, let's talk about it, but let's make it brief, but let's not put it in any positive matter. Let's let them know that we know about it, and they're going to do whatever they can to resolve the issue. But we know that Vincent Mann has been removed from power. He's been removed, and he will never come back. And I know other people have had questions they want to answer. They want, there's questions that they want answered, which I don't think they'll be able to answer all of them, because right now everyone's in the blind-eyed or dark, you know, in the dark about everything. And really, it's, it's just bad, you know? It's just it's it's bad for Vince McMahon, but not but not for the WWE. Because look, I want I think many other fans want the WWE to still succeed, still be in business, and I think the WWE. I mean, this is this is the point where now the company needs to step aside away from Vince McMahon completely and I think if the press conference if if we get more press conferences like this like say if we go to Elimination Chamber say we go to Elimination Chamber and they do the whole Australian press conference and everything and then what happens if, <clears throat> if Vince McMahon's name is brought up in the press conference again you know what if what if there was something else in the lawsuit or what if there was something that was you know, that was brought up, let's say, the next couple of weeks. Look, all TKO and Endeavor are trying to do with the WWE is keep it in the positive light that it is. And I'm talking about the WWE. I'm not talking about Vince McMahon or John Laurinaitis or, or this whole thing with Janelle Grant. I don't care about any of those things. Well, I care, but but it's like that needs to just stay away from the WWE. That, that does completely. You know, that's, you, you know, I just don't want to see WWE go down. I don't. Now, this would be the same thing with, say, AEW. I don't want to see the company go down. I just want it to succeed, even if it doesn't know how. Because you have to remember something. I mean, they haven't done anything with Chris Jericho yet. And yet... I'm still hearing all the stories about about Kylie Ray and about all this and someone's going back on their word and all this other stuff. Let me tell you something. There's going to be a point in time where something's brought up by Chris Jericho. 
and he'll be in trouble of the whole matter. There are a lot of people in wrestling, especially people, and to address this, not just Vince McMahon, but like Chris Jericho and um, let's mention others, Velveteen Dream. Um, boy, I don't know what other wrestlers are involved in this whole deal, but you see, you mention these wrestlers, you immediately think about what they did. You know, when you think of Vince McMahon, obviously you think of the of the WWE, but you also thought think about that whole lawsuit and the whole thing that happened with that Janelle Grant person. And then Chris Jericho, he, he's brought up a lot of things, including the whole thing with Kylie Ray. You know? It's a it's a very bad issue. I think as fans, we don't care about the lawsuits. I think we we want that away from AEW. We want that away from the WWE. Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of AEW that much lately because I know how bad they stink. But they should not be accountable for their actions, especially with the actions of an individual like Chris Jericho. Now, if they remove Chris Jericho from AEW, that will be the best move that they could ever do. That could be the best move that they could ever do and the company can move on. Unfortunately for the company, with them, they're going to have questions about Chris Jericho. And Tony Khan is going to do everything in his power to dodge every question. He's done that with CM Punk. He's done that with the whole thing with Jungle Boy. He's done that with all every question that the fans have wanted to know about. Even the whole thing with the sex scandal thing. I mean, with the... I'm sorry, with the whole thing with Chris Jericho, I'm sorry. This is the thing. We we have to move on from this. We and honestly, I mean and and once again, I know some people are going to say we're never going to move on from this. I know we're not going to move on from this fucking shit, but we have to. We have to. <coughs> I don't see any other way around it. I think, you know, some people say that Triple H had some uh controversial remarks I don't think he I don't think there was anything controversial that he said that wasn't anything that I've heard before they compared this whole thing with uh, with Julia Hart I believe not not the not the Julia Hart of AEW but the one from if anybody remembers the Montreal Screwjob where Bret Hart was screwed out of the WWE title and they wanted to know who was involved and well, did Triple H know anything about it? She, he, he didn't know. He said he didn't know anything about it, which I think it was BS in certain ways because I think he was involved in that whole situation. But I know that's not that's not as different. That's not as different as, you know, what we talked about in, in that press conference. But it's like I said, it's as Triple H had mentioned, we need to focus more on the positive. We need to focus more on the, the, where, where the WWE is headed right now. And right now where the WWE is headed, it's in a very good spot. It's in a very good place. They got the Royal Rumble already done. Elimination Chamber is on its way in February. We've got, uh, well, Elimination Chamber is happening about the next, next couple of weeks. Uh, we've got WrestleMania coming in April. There's a lot of these things that the WWE needs to truly focus on. They need to just stay where they're at right now. Just continue to just mention and, and talk about the WWE, the business side and aspect and everything. And keep away from negative lights like the whole thing with Vince McMahon. We really need to. It's one thing when when the 
like I said, like Fox News, the Caller Times, or the Time Warner Cable, and all, well, not Time Warner, uh, the, the uh, New York Post, and the Washington Times, or, or anything that covers this story, let them have the story. Let them have all that stuff, you know? I think, you know, we, we just need to stay away from Vince McMahon. A lot of us should stay away from Vince McMahon at all costs, because it's not... <clears throat> It's not doing anything to help business. <clears throat> and if, the, if it was brought up, if it was brought up by Triple H about Vince McMahon, could you imagine how bad it would have looked for him and the company? It would have dragged the company down very, very badly. I think at this point, like I said, I think what the WWE just needs to do is just continue to do what they're doing and not and not weigh heavily on the whole thing with Vince McMahon and I the, for the news media for the wrestling news media if you're going to be asking those type of questions to Triple H about the whole thing with Vince McMahon and yada 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 then do me a favor go to Tony Khan and find out what the fuck happened with Chris Jericho why isn't he off television? Why is he still there? Are those sexual allegations true about um, her, him and Kylie Ray? And were there any NDAs that needed to be signed? You know, you, you should ask that question as well. Because here's the deal. And I'll say this because I think it should happen. If Tony Khan can answer the question of what was the real situation that happened with CM Punk and that whole backstage thing that happened with uh, <clears throat> at the all-out media scrum that happened with Punk, that happened with Ace Steel, that happened with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and where, wherever that lawyer was, then go ahead and answer that question. Have that question answered. How about how about this? How about that whole incident that happened with uh, Jungle Boy, right? And why was he suspended? Why was Punk fired? Why don't you answer that question? How about? How about the whole thing with Chris Jericho and Kylie Ray? Why was it brought up? Answer all of those fucking questions. If Tony Khan can answer all of those fucking questions, then maybe we can get something out of Triple H. But I guarantee you, it ain't happening. So all of you so-called wrestling media idiotic outlets, you're supposed to be the wrestling news. You're supposed to be the journalist that you are. Focus on the wrestling. Focus on the positive. Think about the positive. You want the negative? Go to the New York Post. Go to the Washington Post. Go to the Wall Street Journal and find out more stories about what happened with Vince McMahon. Because as far as I'm concerned, the WWE is staying straight and staying narrow right now. And it's trying to keep away from stories like this. You want answers to those questions? Go to Vince McMahon and go to John Laurinaitis to find out the answer to those. If not, leave it alone, okay? The story is going to be brought up no matter what. The story is going to be brought up no matter what. It's our duty to make sure we don't think about it anymore. And it not, it's not only including the WWE as well. It's including with AEW, Impact Wrestling, TNA if you will, NWA, MLW, Every other wrestling promotion out there. Okay? Because keep in mind, guys. All these wrestling businesses that we see are out there. 
And no doubt there'll probably be something similar to what Vince McMahon went through. And it's going to affect the wrestling media. It's going to, well, it's going to affect the wrestling community. It's also going to affect the wrestling industry itself. And I know Jim Cornette will probably say, what wrestling industry? The bottom line, guys, is we just need to, we just need to stay away from the whole thing with Vince McMahon. We, we just need to. There's no point in bringing it up. There's no point in answering the question. Maybe there'll be a point where maybe Nick Khan can shed some light and, and give the people what they want right now. But here's what you have to remember. Vince McMahon is removed from power and he is no longer a part of the board. He's done. But it almost seems funny that everyone is looking for more answers than questions. So to conclude all this so we can move on, guys, to the WWE, this is what I say. To Triple H, I say he's doing a tremendous job with the WWE. And I'm 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 glad that he that the WWE and the Royal Rumble and the success of it was as good as it could possibly get for 2024 right now. It is very very good, and the WWE is going to continue to succeed and go and go places it's never been to before. And the idea right now is to just stay positive and stay focused on the positives. Let's not think about. Let's not think about the whole thing with Vince McMahon anymore. To AEW, the same thing. I mean, I wish them nothing but success as well. But I also, they also have to remember that they still have Tony Khan running their show right now. And while AEW is, it's not in the same position as the WWE. But if they find a way to get rid of Chris Jericho in any way possible, then I guarantee you, your company will be a whole lot better. It may be, it may be not as successful. But it will try to stay away from negative lights like Chris Jericho. That's the bottom line. And this applies to every other wrestling organization out there. There's going to be a lot of negativity out there. But if they want to focus on the positives, I can understand that completely. And to all the so-called wrestling journalists out there, do me a favor. Stick to the wrestling. Stick to the success of professional wrestling. And if you want to know about the, the negativity and everything else like that, if they address it, they address it. But if you're upset the fact that they haven't answered that question, just wait for the news like everybody else, and we'll see how all that rolls out. Bottom line is, focus on the positives. Who gives a shit about the negatives? That's it. That's all you have to know. In the meantime, let's cut this off and let's get back to what we do best. Hey, Paul, right here. Uh, John Alba, Fightful. Uh, speaking of the business side of things, uh, it was about a year ago the WWE Board of Directors unanimously opposed Vince's return to the company as executive chair uh, due to the ongoing investigations at the time before ultimately voting him back into power. You, Stephanie, Nikon, you were part of that. Uh, what degree of knowledge of the current accusations against him did you guys have at the time, and how does the situation affect WWE's relationship with partners going forward? Yeah, so I'm going to do exactly what you would expect me to do here. Um, look, we just had an amazing week. I, I just said a 10-year, $5 billion Netflix deal, Rock joining our board. We just 
sold out the Royal Rumble, put 48,000 people in the Tropicana Field. Um, I choose to, to focus on the positive. And yes, there's a negative, um, but uh, I, I want to focus on that and just keep it to that. All the way in the back. Hi there, Honor. Cameron Hawkins from The Ringer. Um, just a question that was asked earlier to Cody. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Just what's being put in place just to make sure that employees feel safe, they don't feel like they're taken advantage of. Just what is being done to make sure that um, people in positions of power can't take advantage of employees under them? I'll give you the most generalized answer that I can. Everything possible. Yeah. It's a, that that is a, a very important thing to us, very important topic to us. It's as simple as everything possible. Our final question: We'll head to the right-hand corner. Hi, uh, Brandon Thurston from Wrestlenomics. Uh, so, sorry, I know you have a microphone, but they are moving a bunch of stuff, and it's really hard for me to just. A little bit louder, please. Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. Yes. Uh, did you read the lawsuit that came out this week? And if you did, what was your reaction to it? I did not. I did not. Um, I think Cody mentioned it, that we all found out real time when you were. Um, and that's the truth. Um, I'll, I'll go back to what I said before. It, this, this is an amazing week for us. And I just, at this point, I don't even want to get bogged down in the negatives of it. I just want to focus on the positives and where we're going. And we're at the most exciting time of the year for us. We're at the most exciting point to me, business-wise, I think, that we've ever had. I think Cody might have said the, the, the yeah, I don't know exactly remember how he said it, but the best positioning of this company since the Attitude Era. I've been through that era. I understand what it's like. I feel like we are in the middle of something that, while we might not be able to put our finger on it right now, five, ten years from now, we're going to be saying, like, wow, what a time that was. Um, I want to I focus on that. So you just heard the comments from Triple H that came off of the press conference that took place at the Royal Rum right after the Royal Rumble and everything. And Triple H has gotten a lot of uh, fan backlash as to what he said or what he didn't say. Um, you know, if you ask if you ask me, I think I said this uh, on my main event thoughts. Um, I really don't think the wrestling media, especially the wrestling media themselves, shouldn't be talking about this at the Royal Rumble and. This is the thing, like I said, they had just went through an awesome Royal Rumble. They just went through uh, <clears throat> something great, trying to not think about what has transpired, right? But the wrestling media news wants to find the source, find the dirt and everything. And obviously they want to pinpoint on Triple H because of the whole thing. And quite honestly, I know it kind of puts Triple H in a bad light. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? Look, while people are giving all of these negativities about Triple H, all of these negativities, and let's be honest, that, that, that's what it is. It's, it's, a all, it's all about, I guess, being... I'm not sure if, if they're trying to be negative towards Triple H or if this is some point where they just want answers to a question that everybody knows. Look, 
if this was, and I've heard several people say, if Triple H would have answered that question, I don't think he would answer anything about his father-in-law or anything. I mean, I really don't think he should be answering it. If anything, I mean, the only thing I would probably give a statement on would be to, well, at this time, I mean, just to let everybody know, because I know that everyone is focused on what has taken place this past weekend with with everything that's gone down with Vince McMahon. The only thing I can tell you at this point is I really don't know anything at this point. I know that um, Vince McMahon did some very horrible things and and I at this time will not speak about the whole situation. I know that TKO and Endeavor are doing everything in their power to make sure something like this does not happen again. And you know, we're finding out all about all about this as this happening. I know some people will probably think that I probably knew everything about it because I didn't know. I found out about this news as much as all you guys did. And, you know, and I knew, you know, it's it's just one of those things, you know. Uh, I don't know how, how uh, Triple H would present himself as far as something like this would go down, you know. It's one thing when, when Triple H comes to a press conference and and does what he has to do and and talk about the big numbers and and I, I quite honestly he does make Tony Khan look like a complete idiot every single time because when Tony Khan goes to a press conference he's always shutting down questions every single time when there's something serious going on Triple H I don't think I don't think he shut it down all he did was uh, gave an answer to a point where they needed an answer you know um, and if, and even if it's not an answer, it's something to look into and everything else like that. And, and true, true, there may have not been any answer at all that Triple H could have said. And it may have been bad for Triple H to say something. But look, he's, he's not Tony Khan. He's not Tony Khan. I, I would rather have had Triple H answer a question about something or, or not answer a question about something than have Tony Khan just shut everything down. Just like that, you know? Now, on the other side of the coin, you had Cody Rhodes that came out of the press conference uh, out of this whole situation. He was asked about uh, a certain question about that. So let's get into Cody's deal, and I'll give you my take on that as well. Hi, Cody. Nick Hausman, House of Wrestling. Oh, you always introduce yourself like I don't know you. I'm not. It's not for us, right? It's I, for the it's, overall. It, I got I'm, it. I'm not special, Cody. Nick Hausman, everybody. Thank you, Cody. Um, there was a real dark cloud over this weekend yeah. following the allegations against Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked about how Vince met with you personally yeah. to bring you into the company. Uh, I just wanted to get your reaction to the report. And as someone who served yeah. at an, as an executive within the industry, what changes do you think should be made across the board Great. to prevent situations like this from happening again it's a great question i know as far as the news is concerned um we were finding it out and reading the same things that you guys were reading and you said a dark cloud 
Certainly. As far as uh, TKO, Nick Khan and the board clearly took it very seriously, uh, acted immediately. And um, looking at the future, you know, I don't know the answer to that. And I think somewhere is a really probably a basic tenet of just this crew more than ever from a roster standpoint is very family. I've never seen anything like this. Most of the time, wrestling locker rooms are fighting, talking trash about each other, making fun of each other, sandbagging each other in the ring, all that nonsense. This, this crew is very team-based, and perhaps that's the ingredient, is everyone looking out for everyone, being accountable. Um, and I know for me as a you know, performer and a competitor, I've been through dark periods in our industry before, and it might sound cheesy, but it's very reinforcing if you're in my position that it's a time when, hey, we got 50,000 people out here. I want to give them something else from this weekend that isn't a terrible situation and terrible news. And I think we were able to do that. And obviously, as more news comes out, we'll be seeing it just like you do. Thank you. Those are the comments from Cody Rhodes from the press conference and everything. And as you could tell... Uh, Cody had a, a different demeanor to himself. He, he said something that needed to be said. Um, you know, all of us knew about exactly uh, what, what would Cody say, and he kind of said it more properly than how Triple H said it. I, you know, I still think that what Triple H said was there, there was nothing really controversial about what he said. There really wasn't. Cody, on the other hand, was not controversial. He said what he said. Uh, he came off, he came off correct and everything, and really did not, you know, demean, demeanish anything to himself or the company in any way possible. You know, so it kind of gives you an idea <clears throat> of how Cody is as opposed to Triple H is. Now, the the thing is, guys, this whole thing with Vince McMahon, this whole thing with John Laurinaitis and everything has gone down ever since last week. It's it's something that's going to continue to keep mentioning, talking, and everything. Now, for me, I am still a fan of the Mr. McMahon character. I am. Now, here is the craziest thing in the world that I think you should know about. That is, the oddest thing in the world is that Vince McMahon, and seeing everything, and people have pointed out a lot of these things, uh, seeing the things that you see in the Attitude Era, in the Ruthless Aggression Era, when you see some of these storylines, <clears throat> and most of it that is involving Vince McMahon, there was this one part about, I think it was... What was it? Uh, I think it was in 2003. Uh, no Mercy was coming up. And Stephanie McMahon had some, I think, some harsh words to say to Vince McMahon about how, how about she, how she was, she was being presented to by her investors and all this other stuff. I mean, pretty much everything that you heard about in the lawsuit is pretty much something that you've already seen on television, which I've, 
I find that to be very, very disturbing also. And I don't think he would do that to his own daughter. But then again, with everything that's happened, it wouldn't surprise me. And it kind of would explain why Stephanie has not been seen that much on television, wants to avoid her father at all costs, and and everything. It's just nuts. Just completely nuts. And the thing I find funny with Vince McMahon is, who do you see on television? You know, people know that wrestling is... I don't want to say the F word. I really hate saying that word, but... I'll, I'll mention it for this time being. Wrestling is quote-unquote fake. And the characters you see on television are fake. But there are always these times where I always see a certain wrestler that will come off as real as anybody. When I see Triple H, or, oh, sorry, when I see Vince McMahon, I always feel like he is really who he is on television. And people can say, oh, well, that's not how he is real in real life. Well, look at, well, when you look at it now, it's like, oh, shit. Vince McMahon is the most realist character in the world. Well, not realist character, but the realest individual walking the face of this earth because everything he did on television, everything that he said on television pretty much came true in real life. That's the only thing I'll have to give props to Vince McMahon for. At least he doesn't pretend who he is, you know? But when he's, you know, sometimes with Vince, when you try to play the game of wrestling in real life, sometimes it will work for you and sometimes it won't. And especially in a society where you have people wanting to have a maniac back in the office. Let's call it like we see it. They want a maniac back in the office. They want Donald Trump back in office. They want him to run the presidency again to the point where the presidency will go down in a fucking heap if he runs if he runs the company uh, runs the country again. A lot of people feel this way. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that Joe Biden is a good president either. I'm not saying that. At least he's keeping the flow of America in the right pace where it's supposed to go. Despite certain things happening. Right? Now, this thing with Vince McMahon. He comes off as real. On television and even outside of television. And he wants to try to get out of the situation as if though it was a promo. Or if it was a segment. Or if it was something like basically something you would see on television, right? And Vince is so used to it, right? He's so used to it. See, in his world, in Vince's world, he thinks he can't go wrong. He'll get away with whatever the fuck he wants to get away with. But in this case, this wasn't the 80s. This wasn't the 90s. This is not even the 2000s. Where Vince McMahon thought he he could get away with anything. He really couldn't. But now, in the 2024, especially in this day and age when you have the speaking out movements and when you have all of these different cultures that are are coming, the cancel cultures, all that stuff that's happening. 
Vincent Mann's a dead man. He is done. He is finished. As a fan, I and other fans have wanted to see Vincent Mann ousted from WWE for a very, very long time. And we wanted him out of the WWE not because of the sexual allegations. No. We wanted him out because he's producing crap every single time when he produces something on television. One minute we're thinking we're going to get all of this, and then the next minute, the day of the show, he starts tearing everything up and we're going with a new script. We're going to go with this, we're going to go with that, we're going to go with that, and it becomes a terrible television show. Every single time. You see, we're glad Vince McMahon is out. And we don't have to deal with him in the WWE anymore. But it doesn't mean the WWE is not in hot water either. They're in trouble just as much as Vince. Now, we know that several employees have been questioned and have been left off of WWE. We know about what happened with Brock Lesnar, of course. We don't know about Bruce Prichard. I'm kind of hoping that Bruce Prichard's out of the way immediately. Because we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen if Bruce Prichard gets involved. And we know what's going to happen to Bruce Prichard if they find out anything about him. There's a lot of stuff happening in WWE right now that all involves Vincent Mann. Anyone associated with Vincent Mann will be gone. Will be finished. Now, as for Brock Lesnar, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be gone from the company forever. I don't think he'll be gone at all because something's going to tell me that Brock is going to come back. But I don't think he's going to come back into the point where I'm not sure... Let's see, if he signed a contract in 2021, 22, 23, 24, I think this is the time. I don't know how, how long his contract is, but if it ends in three years, and if he signed a contract in 2021 in, in September or August, I think, there could be a good chance that Brock Lesnar is gone for good. And may never come back. But if they, if the WWE chooses to bring him back, it'll be Triple H's decision, not anybody else's. It'll be The Rock's decision, not anybody else. You know. But I think in this case, I don't think Brock will come back at all. Zero. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Brock is not Brock Lesnar is not a high, a hot commodity. You know, he's still a hot commodity. Now, if AEW, you know what? I have a feeling AEW could take him. You know why I say that? Think about this for a moment. Brock Lesnar could go to AEW. And why would I say that? Simple. Who's in AEW? Ric Flair is in AEW. Jeff Hardy is in AEW. Um, they they allowed Nick, uh, Nick Gage in AEW. Brock could be the hottest commodity in AEW. But I hate to say this. Even Brock Lesnar could not save AEW from WWE. Because WWE is still, despite all of the allegations that's happened, despite all the negative publicity that's been happening with the WWE, they're still being talked about. The WWE is still being talked about with a great Royal Rumble, with a, with a great WrestleMania lineup being set and everything. All of this is happening with the WWE. Negative, positive, 
They're still being talked about. AEW, they got nothing. AEW Revolution is coming within one fucking month. And they already have one match coming. Which, by the way, I heard Tony Storm is taking on Deanna Perrazzo for the AEW Women's World Championship at AEW Revolution. That's all I've heard so far. Boy. It's just nuts how all this has turned out. But regardless, WWE is still a hot commodity right now. And we don't know how far all this is going to go. But one thing's for certain. We know the WWE is still going to continue to do business. Without having Vince McMahon involved, they're going to steer the ship. But I know, and everybody else knows, that um, this is just part of the story. Part of the story, at least. There's more to talk about, and there's going to be a lot more to talk about, because we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble report, and we're going to talk about what happened at the Royal Rumble, plus some heartbreaking news that is in regards to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Well, we did you, did a, you did a show with Garrett on Friday, but I think yeah, but that, that was before, by the time that was, you... That was before Vince resigned, though. Yes, by the time you had done that show and, and wrapped everything up, about 45 minutes later, it was announced that, uh, that Vince had resigned. Nick Khan informed employees that, uh, quote, I wanted to inform you, Vince McMahon has tendered his resignation from his positions as TKO executive chairman and on TKO board of directors. He will no longer have a role with TKO Group Holdings or WWE. And uh, he's out. He's, he's out. gone. He's a, he's there gone, are no McMahons involved in WWE right now. Isn't that kind of amazing in a lot of ways? It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought like three years ago that we would come in and like and like they would all be alive, you know, and, and there would be no McMahons in the company at all. I mean, granted, Linda left on her own was never coming back. You know, I could see, you know, Shane, obviously, you know, um, I mean, Shane technically is like sort of can be, um, you know, a special wrestler if they want him. You know, I mean, he's not like out, out, out. And Stephanie might be able to come back and might, you know, but yeah, as of right now, none of them are involved. I um, mean, Shane hasn't been involved as far as like, uh, you know, as far as being an executive or anything like that. And God knows how many years. But um, yeah, that's that's the minor part. I mean, the whole. What were your thoughts when you read the lawsuit? Are you kidding me? Actually, on on that topic, we haven't even we haven't even talked about the lawsuit. Well, no, I've talked a lot about it on different shows, but I will say that uh, I read all sixty-seven pages of the lawsuit, and uh, that was like one of the first things that I did when I had time after it came out. And today they did the press conference after the show, and Triple H was asked about everything. And he claimed he has not read the lawsuit. So he's that's what say, he claimed. So he's trying to say that he's absolutely oblivious to his job. Is that what he's saying? I mean, look. I mean, I, listen. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, there's a part of me, but you know, he's in a terrible position. Okay, and I, I, I like the guy, obviously. Okay, but. I mean, there's just, you know, I have not read the law. I mean, like, 
can you come up that was that was about as believable as that that time when uh, Julie Hart confronted him remember that oh and, yeah and, wrestling uh, with shadows oh I knew nothing about it you know like that I mean that that was the believability level of that but um that you know Paul Levesque is I mean he's a part of the story obviously because he's the son-in-law he was the one at the press conference um, who didn't say anything um, but you know it's it's a minor part of the story. I mean, Vince McMahon is the story. Uh, John Laurinaitis is the story. You know, John Laurinaitis, man, that... Oh, God. I don't even know what to say about that. You know, it's just like... Although, you know, it, it, it's, you know, between... I mean, the law... I mean, the, like I said, in the, in the lawsuit, there are charges. You know, as far as could they be embellished obviously it's going to paint vince out and john lauren ice out and the company out to be the worst thing and by the way well, you know as far as this lawsuit goes um you know there, I mean, there's so many things but i mean like have you is there any because the, here's here's one of the big questions that i have no idea the answer for and maybe i'll ask around but um why did he not make the second payment because my gut says if he made the second payment none of this comes out I mean, what kind of hubris? Well, I I think. I, I mean, I mean, I I can usually I can usually, um, I mean, I look. I've been following Vince for forty plus years, okay, and I knew him and all that. I usually, whether I agree with him or disagree with him, I actually do pretty much understand how he thinks in most cases, and I do understand, like I told Garrett, that that one of the things with Vince is that um, he does believe in a contract. That if if you're in, if I'm under contract to Vince, he believes that I need to live up to it because I signed a contract. If he signed the contract, he does not believe he needs to live up to it if he doesn't want to. That's his. That's always been his mentality. I mean, it it goes back, you know, decades. I could give you. Yes, he's he's very examples. bad with he's very bad with contracts. But you asked me the question, so I'm gonna answer. Yes, I think his claim is when this all originally came out in the Wall Street Journal. Yes. The the entire story came out and uh it involved her. Absolutely. And so I don't know where I read this. It might have even been somewhere in these 73 pages, but you know, I I think that he figured well, if it came out, she must have talked. She must have broken the NDA. And therefore, I won't pay any more money. I oh, I do believe, obviously, that's the reason sure. that, he, that, that he came up with. I'm just saying, like, okay, so he ra he rationalized it. But, I mean, as far as, like, judgment goes, in his entire career, in his entire career, and he's made a lot of mistakes, okay, that could be, that. I, I, I think that's the biggest mistake he ever made in his entire career. I would think that most everything in the lawsuit were among the bigger mistakes he's ever well, made. Well, I mean, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, the stuff, look, as far as uh, many, you know, many, many things he's done that we do and don't know were probably bigger mistakes than that. But, I mean, as far as for his legacy and for the company and for everything like that, because you got to remember people think the company's scot-free or anything like that. The company's involved in this lawsuit, and the nature of the lawsuit is... You know, I mean, yes, the, the main perpetrators and the key perpetrators are Vince and John Laurinaitis, but the company is involved itself. And again, like the company, it's a very powerful company and suing them is very difficult. And it will probably be 
you know, looking at the track record already of uh, the, the new company, you know, Ari Emanuel, it will it will probably be settled um, for the obvious reason that can you imagine? Can you imagine this one going to court? I mean, even even at, with the jury, I mean, it's like even if they and they, of course, they will do everything they can to discredit her. And they may be able to discredit some of her things, but but you have a jury. They're going to see those text messages, and there's a lot of stuff that's probably not there. And they're going to know who, you know, corporate office officer number one is, and all of these things. That's all that would all come out if there was a trial. If it's not settled, and I like I said, I expect it to be settled, and I don't expect it to you know the worst stuff to happen because if but if there is a trial, um, and there's a jury, I mean. You, you saw the award that 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 was just in the Trump case on Thursday. I mean, that's not like minor stuff. Um, I mean, I, I, who are they going to be sympathetic towards? A young woman who, you know, I mean, there's going with this, with this description and everything like that. Even though, yes, Vince will probably if he ha, if he if he, you know, is called, will probably um, deny it happened, and Laurenitis will probably deny it happened, but. Those text messages are killers for their credibility because they're out there discussing it. Um, I mean, this is this is brutal, and the company again is liable. Like this is, you know, I mean, there's there's especially if the company actually does nothing as far as because um, they're going to have to explain how this happened in that in the offices, you know, and that she was employed there and John Laurinaitis was her superior, and all this was happening. And Vince knew the head of the company knew. I mean, this is this is damning information. Even if we, it's. it's but anyway, that's just another. Well, point. I think that the the thing that is going to be uh, at the end of the or not near the end. And it was near the end of the the filing. There was this. There was a section about detailing. Okay, these are the various reasons why we believe that this NDA that she signed is unenforceable. And, you know, they had like four different reasons why it was unenforceable. If if it were deemed... Well, 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 well the thing is, is what's on, when they said unenforceable, it's because he stopped payment. He didn't pay by the, I know, but by she, the date. Of, I, I think the, the point was that, you know, whether... Forget all the payments. Like, this NDA that I was forced to sign, it's unenforceable mm -hmm. anyway. It, it's irrelevant whether I signed it or not. It's unenforceable. That's and their claim, yeah. I think that if that claim, if, if there's a ruling that that is, is accurate... You got to remember that there's more than one NDA, and if it comes out that all of those NDAs that Vince has signed are unenforceable, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of people that can tell a lot of stories. Okay, well, and I think we'll. I mean, there's a well, lot that we don't know about who knew what, and and uh, you know. Well, well, we 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 know we know we know of of. Um we know that there. Are, we do not know the identities, although obviously some people have ideas. But um, aside from Rita Chatterton, we do not know the identities of any of the women that um, you know and uh, Janelle Grant that were involved with the NDAs. Um, obviously, one of the things that they are trying to do is to get with the suit and getting publicity for the suit is to get other women to come forward, and that's another thing that would be absolutely devastating for the company. Is if other women come forward because once you have established a pattern, um, you know that puts the company in even it, it's it's even worse for the company. But as far as like the the validity of the NDAs, 
one of the things Joe, that Biden signed in is that NDAs when it comes to sexual assault are not um, valid, essentially. But this law was not in effect during any of the NDAs in question. Other, well, let me think about this one. I don't know. I, I don't know how the Chatterton thing would work because the NDA was signed after the Biden law, but um, but the case was so far back. So that's a, that one. I'm. I actually probably a lawyer would probably have to do a better job than me on this one. But um, because the 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 law was signed, I believe, uh, 2022. So any NDAs after 2022 that deal with sexual assault are in fact invalid legally now. But um, that wouldn't that wouldn't be you know the women from two thousand four. That doesn't seem right. It's not a retroactive law. It, that doesn't. But seem you're right. right. No, no, no. It 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 shouldn't be right. You're you're one hundred percent. Yes, it should not be right. So uh, Vince is gone, and uh, I mean, there's a lot. I don't know if you did you talk about Slim Jim with Garrett. Um, that was just breaking at the time. We we basically heard the um the original thing and then they came back you know obviously uh today they came back today right this morning yeah they uh they pulled their spawn well they, they they said that their sponsorship was i forget the term that they used on pause or something on like pause, that on pause. They, they were pausing their sponsorship because of what happened and then they had a meeting with nick and vince was uh he stepped down they claimed and then uh all of a sudden they returned and so, you know, Slim Jim was, I think they, they uh, said their uh, single biggest sponsor that they had ever had or something like that. Uh, they were a huge sponsor of WWE and have been is it, forever. Is it, is it, wasn't, oh, God, I'm trying to remember. Were this the biggest? I, I don't I, 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 I think don't that remember. that's what they said they were the biggest. But regardless, they were a huge, huge sponsor. If not the biggest, one of the biggest. And, 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 and for decades. Yep. And them, them pulling out, I mean... It may have accelerated uh, yes. the ousting of Vince McMahon. and uh, Especially because something like that, when it comes to sponsorships pulling out, you know it's a domino. You know what I mean? We've, we've seen it many times. One pulls out, then lots of them pull out. And they could not afford. When the first one indicated they were pulling out, they had to make the move. I mean, uh, basically, Vince was going to have to be out no matter what. I mean, from this from this suit. But yes, this probably sped it up by days a week i don't think you could have gone more than a week but um and there would be other sponsors who would have pulled out if, if not um if vince was still there it, it's just um it was completely impossible for him to stay in that position with with this out and the media coverage and things like that so um you know i don't I, this it's, is not it's, it's, this it's, is it's not meant that, to be making light of the situation but i do uh i do watch these old raws every now and then to review shows and uh, these Slim Jim, I mean, for for thirty years, you know, these Slim Jim commercials, More year after year, show after show, they're still up on the WWE Network. These Slim Jim commercials, and it is amazing to think that at the end of the day, the final ousting of Vince McMahon involved it, Slim Jim pulling their sponsorship. Yeah, and the final ouster of Vince McMahon, like the the ouster a year ago. You know, I mean, it's the irony of all this is that for. Years and years and years, um, you know, Vince was, you know, again, always felt untouchable, um, you know, and I mean, I just like, I just think about it and I don't, I, you know, again, I, I talked about this with Garrett, you know, I talked to Jerry McDivitt, you know, at fairly decent length when he retired, um, right after he retired. 
And and granted, you know, if this had anything to do with it, obviously he's not telling me that. You know, it's like I I saw the iceberg coming. I got to get out. It was like I'm 75 years old. And, you know, it's like, uh, do I really want to be working this hard when I don't need the money, essentially, was, you know, and, and it made all the sense in the world. And But, you know, when you look at this, you know, I mean, it's like Vince, you know, Vince always had, and Jerry McDivitt is in that lawsuit, you know, as far as Vince McMahon essentially bragging to her that I've got this guy, Jerry, you know, who um, makes bad things bad people go away makes bad things and bad people go away yes that's well, what bad. was written yeah that's like like so he was supremely confident as long as he had jerry that anything could happen and he does not have uh jerry right now you know unless he pulls him out of retirement and um i don't know that that would be you know if i'm jerry i don't know that this is the thing i want to come out of retirement for but well, you know, we'll see on that because there is a there is a long loyalty between the two of them, and Jerry made his whole career on Vince. So, um, but I don't I don't know, and you know I don't I don't. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, I mean, again, like the guy after all this, the guy who took down Vince McMahon was Vince McMahon. You know, um, not it wasn't any of these other people, any other promoters anybody any you know anyone the person who took down vince mcmahon was vince mcmahon unless you want to say the person took vince mcmahon was uh janelle grant um but it really was vince mcmahon more than more than she was the she spoke out um and because again the first even the first one from from uh you know when he left the first time it was essentially due to the investigation or due to the the board knowing about this and him kind of, you know, having to come out. And the reason they did was because she went forward, you know. So it's like she she was the one. But, you know, he, it, it was really him, obviously. So uh, Vince's statement said that uh, I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations. Look forward to clearing my name. However, out of respect for the WWE Universe, the extraordinary TKO business, its board members and shareholders, partners, constituents, all the employees and superstars who help make WWE into the global leader it is today, I have decided to resign for my executive chairmanship and the TKO board of directors effective immediately. So that came out, of course, late Friday afternoon. That's when they like to... Uh, well, that was going to be that was going to happen, you know, as far as like, you know, when he resigned, his resigning being on a Friday is happens to be because the lawsuit dropped on a Thursday, not because it happened to be Friday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, what do you expect him? What do you expect him to say? I mean, as far as but I mean, there's again, it's like. Like he, he's not going to get back because he doesn't, you know, before he had the voting power to get back. And he doesn't have that voting power anymore. Like when when this thing signed, well, I, one of the things I mentioned was, you know, if something happens to Vince and he's booted out, there's no coming back. And this one, there's no coming back from most likely. I mean, I never want to say 100 percent, but because um, I, I I just think that it would be a horrible move by um, Ari Emanuel. But I mean, let's face it, like there's still a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who still have to answer questions. I mean, as far as like. The, it, it, you know, the corporate environment, who knew? And, and again, I, the people who knew, and obviously people did, if Vince is out there, you know, freaking tech people knew, right? But even if, even if people knew, they can't really go and complain about Vince. 
Okay, it's you know I, I do get that aspect of it, but Ari Emanuel also um, with this stuff, you know how much, you know how much he knew. I mean, did he know these sort of details? I, I mean, I'm going to say no. You know, it's benefit of the doubt for him. He know the sort of details, but he did know that it's a guy with a bunch of NDAs out there, and he, you know, this was his call to bring him back. You know, I mean, he could have just said, look. We've made the sale, and, and you're no longer welcome here anymore. Um, you know, unless there was a secret deal that part of the deal is, is that, uh, you know, he he stays in some form. Um, but he didn't get to stay in creative, so that tells me that Ari did have the, the pull. Although now, of course, we have the idea, the Ronda Rousey thing of, well, he was secretly in creative because through Bruce. And... Um, that's yes, another. Ronda Rousey uh, today, actually, which, of course, was uh, a pretty good indication she wasn't going to be a surprise in the Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, really. She uh, tweeted out, Bruce Pritchard is basically Vince's avatar. If he's still around, Vince still has a hand in the business. Vince was still running things through Bruce when he was, quote, gone before. So she yeah. was not messing around on that tweet. No. And um, I guess that tells you what she thinks of Vince McMahon. Yes, that does tell you. Yeah. I mean, a couple, you know, w w you know, right at the end of her run, she remember she did that tweet about how these, um, you know, aging executives or whatever it was who think that they understand type of a thing. And that was meant at Vincent Bruce. Um, and um, but she didn't say the names of this one. It was like direct, direct hit on Bruce. Um, and Bruce is, you know, an interesting one with Vince gone because, you know, Aside from Vince, did anyone, you know, did anyone, you know, I don't want to say, I, I know people hit there who who, um, who are very high up, who do think very highly of Bruce. So it's not like he has no allies, but when, um, when you know, Bruce was, you know, on the list of people when Vince resigned the first time, you know, it was like the people who were expected to be gone you know, Bruce was very high in that list, as was Kevin Dunn. And the thing that I was told at the time, you know, about a month later, it's like, what do you think? Is, is Bruce going to be gone, Kevin Dunn? And it's like, for Wall Street reasons, it doesn't want to, we don't want to look like there's this mass, you know, you know, departure. So it will roll out very, very slowly.
If you guys have any questions in regards to the show, all you have to do is go to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Any suggestions in regards to the show, anything in regards to anything about professional wrestling or music or anything that you have in mind, all you got to do is go to the email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com and I will be glad to mention it on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I, it's, it's been an interest. it's been a very interesting uh, week and um, your reaction to the Observer has been hilarious, I'll say. <laughs> well, hilarious before, to me. Before we, before we even get to the Vince story, just want to wish uh, best luck to uh, Jim Ross as he's still dealing with his uh, Absolutely. situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had surgery um, on his hip for cancer and um, he's, you know, hurting. And I hope he hopes he can get out of the hospital by Sunday. And uh, we wish the best for him. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I mean, there's uh, so, so much stuff going on. I mean, since it's it's amazing how much has happened since we last talked. Yeah, no. And, and you know, when we had talked, it was really. Vince, I mean, hadn't, was, even, I, Vince I, hadn't I, I, resigned yet. He hadn't resigned. And I was sort of saying, like, what? an immediate high and then an immediate low like back to back and like how you how people there were, were sort of managing that and for for me i was just like man you know just the emotions then pre-royal rumble and now we're through that and like you said stuff is still happening including uh, i woke up this morning and i saw another wall street journal article that said uh, federal authorities have been investigating sexual assault and sex trafficking allegations against vince according to people familiar with the investigation. Is that related to when they subpoenaed his house or when they search warrant, had the search warrant? And they, I, I still think that the, I saw where they may have grabbed his phone even. They did grab his phone. And does, it, so does that go back? Because people were not sure that what go, that, that, that goes, search warrant was for. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that goes back to the thing in, in the Observer. You know, when we go through the timeline, we have that actually, you know, the day that that happened or the day that they that the company released it because they did release it. And I mean, the thing that's so amazing is when you look back through the timeline and just this story again, that all of this happened before the closing of the merger. Right. And, and our Ari, you know, um, like he, he, I mean, like, did he know the level of depravity that was going to be in that lawsuit? You know, my gut is no, but he knew that it was a bad situation. I mean, he knew the NDAs were already out there. Um, the search warrant to the house was already out there. I mean, the guy was playing, you know, it's like, I, I mean, his, he was playing with fire. He was really playing with fire and he got burned, but he's not really taking the heat that he deserves on this one. Um, because it's not like, you know, if it, if it all come out out of nowhere, it's one thing, but this wasn't out of nowhere. You know, he, the, the guy, Vince McMahon was ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange Oh, we could go Wednesday. Yeah, think about that. Think about that with everything that's gone down. And it's not like all the stuff that's gone down is only stuff that we found out on Thursday with a lawsuit. We've been we've known about much of this. Um, it's public, you know, story after story. He's resigned before, you know, the, everything, you know, the, the the real depravity we just found out last week. But the the gist of the situation we've known for a while now, 
And, um, you know, he, to me, I and mean, he's gotten some heat. I saw CNN was asking, you know, why did they do this and everything? Um, but, but I think that he's, you know, he's got, he's got some questions he has to answer, which he hasn't. And, um, you know, as far as other people, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what their, what their role is to say at this point. I don't see anyone really saying stuff. I mean, it's, it's very interesting how, um, the reaction to this one is kind of like almost my, almost my lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he resigned in uh, a couple of years ago and the reaction to this resignation were completely different across the board. I mean, now we're at this situation where, you know, they're trying to figure out how a way to get him out of the video game and they're trying to, um, you know, which may not be possible. And, um, you know, and then tried probably trying to figure out how to um, erase him from history, which is completely impossible. You can't do, it, you know, um, so it's it's a really uh interesting and unique situation that is probably we're probably going to be hearing more about constantly well they were still playing uh commercials for the video game which had his voice in it yes last weekend yes yes well they can't scrub everything you know what i mean um so it's gonna be yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of um there's a lot of questions. That's all I could say. There's a, a lot of questions for a lot of people. Um, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, which sometimes is not fair, a lot of people really come off looking bad with statements that they've made, you know, um, the last year plus. I mean, people were, were you know, going to me with Nick's statements, you know, Nick Khan, um, and the stuff he said, you know, on Bill Simmons and things like that. And it's like, yes. wow, wow, you know, it's like, uh, it was I, I never I didn't think that those were the best in the world when he said it. But, you know, um, you know, basically we knew he was going to come back and everything like that, which certainly is uh, a contradiction based on, you know, the the letters that would be in December and January of last year. But just um, and, you know, that story is, you know, it was a big story then. And it's even more interesting now. And, um, you know, but but yeah, those statements, I mean, I know he was put in a weird position to answer them. But those answers today look don't look the best. That's for sure. I, I don't even know how good of a question this is, but it's just been something that's been on my mind, and it's related to just conversations that I've had with you over over the years. Now, the WWE today, I guess the second they went public and, and became a public company, they could no longer behave like the the thing that nobody cared enough about to cover for real. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that, like, because the only thing, and nothing make none of this makes sense to me in any way, but I'm trying to think of, like, why Vince was still so cavalier about everything that he did until, and the company, until just today. Like, it still feels so cavalier. But is it that mindset that nobody will take them seriously enough to cover them? I think it's more that he felt he was bulletproof um, and above it all. I don't think it was so much that nobody would because he, you know, he knew that there would be some coverage. Now, granted, you know, it's funny because this, you know, one of the things that that's really, you know, someone even brought up to me is like, look at some of the stories in the past and like the Jimmy Snooker thing, which was like a nothing news story at the time. Um, you know, the guy is, you know, his girlfriend dies on a Tuesday and he's got this story that changes six times and you know the police you know i can't believe the police would have dropped it but more so he was wrestling on friday 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and like that could never happen today. Um, and, um, you know, there's just a lot of other stories that in today's climate, you know, would have been, um, you know, a lot worse uh, than than they were because, yeah, before they were a public company, nobody wanted to cover them. And on this one, I mean, you know, I saw NBC News, ABC News, you know, today alone, you know, Wall Street Journal, you know, CNN, Fox News, you know, everyone is is covering it. I'm hearing from from people, you know, for to be on these shows and everything. So, I mean, I know it's like a big, um, you know, it's a big story. Yeah. Uh, so going back to that timeline, two things, a hundred things stand out, but two things yeah. that really, really stood out to me. The first one was, and, and I, you know, it's been like a year and a half since I think all this stuff had been started to get reported. The first one was basically Vince coming back and Stephanie saying how great it is for everyone that he's back. And then she leaves like five days later. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was pretty alarming. And then that's yeah. not too, that's, it's not that long after she led the live audience in, in a thank you Vince chant. Right. Yes. Which just really showed the audience to, to be poor uh, in, in, everything yeah yeah, yeah set I mean, them up to look like goofballs to me yeah yeah well it, you know i mean it's it it is amazing and you know you're still getting a lot of the tribalism you know stuff because uh out of this but that's i guess you know pretty tone deaf but the um but, but yeah the um the stephanie thing is really interesting especially because you know she did leave you know whatever it was obviously it had to do with vince coming back and um you know basically being you know removed from her job by her father when she had done a great job while he was gone and and he was a you know he was going to be a negative to the company being there but he's still there and it's like he took it from you know his own daughter and um the ceo position or co-ceo position and uh you know, that, you know, if she had failed in that position, it'd be one thing, but she hadn't. And the company was doing better. And, um, you know, so. But, yeah, the whole thing, um, it is a weird, it is a weird thing, you know. And, again, that, that fan reaction um, looks really bad now. I mean, it looked bad then. It looked bad then, too, because those Wall Street Journal stories had just come out and he came mm-hmm. out as a big conquering hero, you know. Um, and, obviously, you know, there's been more and more evidence. It's worse and worse. And, um yeah, I don't know of any other. Um, I don't know of any other. I don't know if, if another fan base would have done that. I mean, it's it's hard to say, but it was. Uh, you know, it wasn't the worst wrestling fan base story because I, you know, I mean, the worst was still the Bobby Shane, nineteen seventy five. Bobby Shane is in a, a plane accident. Um, you know, on a Thursday, and he's supposed to wrestle in. Uh, you know, flying from Miami to uh, Tampa. The plane goes down. He dies in in the plane crash. And Tampa, with the the deal was in those days, is they would wrestle um, Wednesday night in Miami. They would drive or fly to Tampa for an afternoon one hour television show, and then cut all their localized interviews. And then they would go to Jacksonville for the big show Thursday night in Jacksonville. And um, you know, obviously, um, at the Jacksonville Coliseum after he had died that afternoon and the, and, and the news did not travel 
you know, the, the way like now everybody would probably go into the building. No, but then nobody knew, you know, the world, the news didn't travel like that. And, you know, they announced the building, you know, Bobby Shane, you know, died in a, in a, um, you know, in a plane accident and everybody cheered, you know, Bobby Shane was, was one of the top heels in the company. And I remember like, even though people hated the heels and everything like that, I remember wrestlers that were on that show just being like absolutely sickened by that crowd reaction. And that, that to me, that's still the worst one. The Vince one is probably, you know, maybe the second worst. I don't know. There was a quote. There's a quote in The Observer about Triple H from somebody in the business. And it makes me wonder that if you are TKO and you are looking to show that you are doing your due diligence and you're doing your investigations, like there are a lot of people who you know, are going to be questioned about what they know, what they don't know, and their own practices in that environment. And I know that is going to be what it takes to clean up the the whole environment there. But then, you know, we're also sort of into the salaciousness of people's private lives. Mm-hmm. And that is seems like it, it is it, that information could be coming out. I can't imagine anybody close to him is unconcerned about how much information is going to be dug up on them. Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect in this world and um, yeah, there's probably, you know, but it just, it's a question of like, what should be the right thing? And, you know, at the end of the day, that's Ari's, you know, decision on what he wants he's not going to find perfect people uh, running any company and, and, and he's been around the block a long time he's not as you know he knows that i mean look you know he did the thing with dana you know although this you know obviously comparing what dana did as bad as it was and even being on camera to this is ridiculous you know it's like not even a comparison point but um you know like did people know the level of the depravity? And I don't know that people did, you know, other than, I guess, Laurinaitis did, you know, since he was part of it. Um, to an extent, Lesnar, maybe. I don't know. Did they know? I mean, did they know that, that Vince McMahon was having, you know, relationships or presumed he was having relationships with um, women that worked in the company? I mean, that goes back, you know, who knows how long, but it's a long time. Um, and that by today's standards is bad by the standards of, um, before, I mean, it would still be kind of bad. Um, but it was, you know, would they, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff there. And then when you're talking there, you know, it's such a sordid story. And, and like, again, I think there are many people who knew aspects of it. I don't know anyone who knew the depths of it to that degree. Um, but like, what should they have done? Should they have gone to human resources? Well, that's, I'm for, I'm, you're going to go to re- human resources on Vince McMahon. You know, that's death um, to your to your career. So it's like, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly. And again, I mean, but they have to do a thorough investigation of everyone and see what happens. And um, I don't know. I don't know how it turns out. If, if 
you know, I mean, Mike, I still have this gut feeling that that they've gone with the idea that Vince is gone, Lauren Ice is gone, Brock's probably gone, at least for a while. Um, and that's all we need to do. And I don't know if that's all they need to do, but I think that that's, from their standpoint, I think that's what they hope is the turnout. It's like, they're out of the company, you know, I mean, it's certainly what, you know, again, Netflix, Slim Jims, you know, that's that was satisfactory enough for both of them. You know, it's like, hey, he's out of the company. Um, you know, as far as other people in the company and and all that, um, man, I just don't know. I don't know what, what they're going to uncover. Um, and what they uncover can be taken in many different ways if they uncover everything, you know. So um, it's kind of like a wait and see on everything. I know people want to rush to judgment on a lot of stuff. And some people are mad that people are rushing to judgment on Vince, but... Again, like the text alone, you know, yeah. forget about forget about the lawsuit. The text alone and the fact that Laurenitis of course Laurenitis gave him up because Laurenitis was was, you know, like number one, he's he's being sued in a major suit. Number two, there's a criminal investigation going on, and if um you know, if she's able to uh convince people that, that what she was saying in that complaint is accurate and true. Then he looks, you know, I mean, that, that, we're talking about, you know, rape, sexual assault right there. And, you know, that's it's it's best. You know, I think that he knows and everyone knows that, you know, they're they're out to get Vince McMahon, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, John Laurinaitis can can turn and, and evidently um, did very quickly. And um, they, you know, they the, also they also he was the one who was made to be the scapegoat immediately, which I'm, and so, but he was the one that they immediately acted on when that story came up. Yeah. Cause he wasn't Vince. If it was anyone else in the company, um, it would have been the same thing as Laurinaitis. The only one that would have been protected was Vince. And, and, and he was to a degree. I mean, he was, um, the interesting thing, again, when you go through the timeline is that Laurinaitis had a claim against him back in 2012 and he was demoted, whether it was for that or not, um, but he was demoted from from head of talent relations and just made an agent. They never fired him, which was funny because when he was demoted as head of talent relations, a lot of people thought that he would be let go. Vince kept him for whatever reason. And that's a really interesting thing when you look at the career of Laurinaitis. Um, you know, Laurinaitis was a guy, you know, some people um, just just for his background, obviously, you know, people know he was a wrestler, Johnny Ace. He was a, a pretty big star in all Japan and very powerful in all Japan. He was the. Um, you know, he, he, he was not the top foreigner. You know, Stan Hansen was the top foreigner, but he was the most influential. Um, he was very close with Baba, very close with Matoko, Baba's wife. Um, and so he got a lot of experience, kind of his management. And then in WCW, when his career ended, when he, and, you know, he chose to end his career, he got a job with Bischoff, with WCW, as an agent. And because of all the stuff he learned in all Japan, um, he got very high marks as an agent. You know, I mean, when he came in, um, the match finishes were were more Japanese oriented and better. And a lot of their talent was was very high on on Laurinaitis in that role. Um, went to WWE after WCW folded. WWE took him. Jim Ross took him and made him his assistant head of talent relations. His job there was to be the bad guy. You know, like Jim Ross had been the bad yeah. guy, you know, up until that point, you know, when someone needed to be fired. Jim Ross would fire him in the talent and go, Vince loved me, but that goddamn, that goddamn Jim Ross. So when Laurinaitis was there and somebody needed to be fired, JR would call Laurinaitis to fire him. And it became, 
you know, like Jr. loved me and Vince loved me, but that <laughs> asshole John Laurinaitis. So he was in that position. The entire time, the idea was for John Laurinaitis to take over from Jr. when Jr. was getting older, and and it was known Jr. wanted to move from Connecticut to Oklahoma. He, you know, paid his dues. He wanted to, you know, Jr. wanted to slow down, watch his football. You know, it's funny. You know, we're talking about Jr. now. Watch his football. Stay with the company. Stay in. Stay as an announcer. You know, like that. But he didn't want that all-encompassing, you know, role. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about, um, you know, when it would happen, and it was known. Everyone knew that it was going to happen someday. And then one day, I mean, the the ironic part of it is, is that. JR got demoted, you know, with, with and replaced by John Laurinaitis, which was going to happen, but not on his terms. You know, he was still right. thinking he was going to work, you know, whatever it was, maybe another year, maybe whatever. And then during that period, one of the key jobs that had talent relations, I'm going on a tangent, but it all plays into it at the end, is doing payoffs. And very quickly, it became clear that, that John did not know how to do that. So JR was one of the, you know, secretly was still doing the payoffs when Laurinaitis was supposed to be doing that. And I know that Levesque, who was, you know, always gunning for a high position as well, you know, his thing was is kind of like, you know, what's he doing in this position when you're doing, you know, one of the key aspects of it and, yeah. and all that. And so Laurinaitis then gets replaced, whether it's due to this thing, it's at the same time, or due to something else. I mean, again, there were people who, um, you know, he ended up making... As, as anyone in that position does, you know, J.J. Dillon had enemies, J.R. had enemies, um, Patterson had enemies. You know, that position is one where the town is going to resent you. And Johnny was in that thing. So, um, you know, Johnny had his enemies and then he got replaced by Levesque, who actually, you know, when he was in that position, really didn't make the enemies that the others did, which is a real um, I guess it's really good. It shows he's good at, at a certain aspect of that job. But then he got demoted and Laurinaitis was brought back into that role. And, you know, around the time all of this happened and John's um, wife is going through, you know, a horrible medical ordeal at the same time while this is, you know, you know, you know, in in the approximate period, a little bit. Actually, Mm -hmm. her, her ordeal was a little bit before, but, it you know, she wasn't fully recovered and it's just a. Oh my God, it's a it's a mouthful when you go through everything and then you think about like the big picture of of all of this. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a detailed, sorted thing. This place is special.
taking names The heat is on, get out the kitchen if you can't handle the flames I'm hustling, I was born to win, ain't never gonna change I know what it takes to win I also know nights like tonight are when names are made Legacies prime and tickets punched Who's gonna man him at Wrestlemania? Just wait and see They gon' talk about me And things ain't never gonna be the same Unfortunately for a few Okay, so we kick things off with the cold open that took place at the Royal Rumble. It started off with Hulk Hogan doing what he said, and it's funny that um, <clears throat> Hulk Hogan would be, uh, technically he was at the Royal Rumble, but he wasn't there to be a part of it, thank God. He was just there to do the uh, <clears throat> whole deal and everything. So, right here, I'm looking at the list of many of the women's Royal Rumble participants that took part in the Royal Rumble. Now, I did see the event. I saw it for what it was. So I thought I'd give you an idea of how all of this began and everything. So this is pretty interesting. So we started off with uh, the number one entrant, which was Natalia, who was in there for about 20 minutes and 50 seconds. I'm going to give you the timeline of each participant, and then I may tell you who eliminated who later on on this episode of the Mayvet Tongue Podcast. So we started off with Natalia, right? We started off uh, with her, and then we go on to a surprise entrant, which was Naomi. Rumors were speculating that Naomi was going to be coming to WWE and a possibility of her being the Royal Rumble, and this took place and it happened. Uh, her time was about an hour and two minutes and 18 seconds in the Royal Rumble. We'll get more into that in a moment. Third entrant was Bailey. She came in at number three. Her entrance was the longest of them all. One minute and three minutes and three seconds. Uh, one hour, uh, three minutes and three seconds. I think that's, I said that correctly, right? I just, I just wanted to be sure. Number four was um, Candice LeRae was number four with 15 minutes and 23 seconds. 
And then came uh, surprise entrant number five. Now, before we get into this entrant, I got a, I got a little scoop and I got a little something that came off uh, from a brand and a company known as TNA Wrestling Impact, who did a very interesting piece on this individual. And the number fifth, uh, the number five individual we'll talk about in a moment. But let's get into who number five is, and I'll give you my thoughts on the number five pick in a moment. Scott called me. I had actually just landed from our tapings that we did in Orlando. And I, w- I was waking up and he called. And he was like, oh, how do you feel about wrestling this weekend? And I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, what do I have? What does he want, what does he want me to do? And he was like, how do you feel about being in the Rumble? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he just said, yeah, how do you feel about being in the Rumble? And I was like, did they ask? And then he goes, no, they didn't ask. I just want you to be there and just jump the barricade. And honestly, to me, that was more realistic than WWE calling TNA and being like, can your women's champion be in our Royal Rumble? (laughs) I am Jennifer and I am Jordan's mom. I was shocked when she called me and told me. I was really surprised. I know this has been her dream since she was nine years old. It was very important for me to be here today. My husband and her stepbrother came. Took us 22 hours to get here. We drove. It didn't feel real until I actually got my flight confirmation here into Tampa. I was just like, there's no way this is going to happen. Like, something's going to happen, something's going to come up, because it's wrestling. Something always happens. But today, now that I'm here and this is being recorded, <laughs> obviously it's happening, right? <laughs> I know a lot of people get, like, new gear for the Rumble. Obviously, I didn't have time. But fortunately, I'm representing TNA the best way that I can. TNA colors. So, it'll be good. Well, this was told to me, and it started to get set into motion. I was scared. Like, it wasn't more, it wasn't butterfly, it was more terror because this is huge for me personally. And I feel like it's such a big thing to be representing TNA. I'm the only person going to be there representing TNA in front of 50,000 people live, millions of people worldwide. So I just, I'm, I was scared. But today, fortunately, I feel very confident because I know that all you can do is prepare. And I feel very, very prepared to represent TNA. I just bag of chicken because I know that I'm not even going to be able to step foot into WWE catering because they have like all the cookies and cakes and I can't handle that right now. I just want her to really just soak it all in today. I don't want her to be nervous, although that's asking a lot. I want her to just do what she does. She'll be fine. I love you. I'll be recording everything. Okay, good. <laughs> I need the footage. <laughs> I'm going to do my very best to remind myself to just drink in the moment, slow down, look around me, because these moments, it only happens once in your life. Me making my WWE debut in front of all these people, it's only going to happen one time. So I'm just going to do my very best to drink it all in. Brand new belt. When Gail found out about this, she was like, oh my God, the white belt is going to be on WWE TV. I'm going to cry. <laughs> From the moment that I got the call, the gears shifted, and I knew, like, this is it. You have to be better than you ever have, and you have to do it in one week. 
Hi, Kristen. Thank you. I'm looking forward to just celebrating. I feel like this is a huge thing for me, a big thing for the company, and I'm looking forward to all the people that don't know. Like, this is a big surprise, and a lot of my friends don't know. Some of them do, some of them don't, but my friends are gonna be so surprised and probably a little mad that I didn't tell them, but I'm looking forward to them finally knowing and just uh, being able to share that with everybody. I'm just ready to go out there and fingers crossed represent TNA and kill it. Like, there's no other option really. I have to. <laughs> when the buzzer hits, I feel like at that point, it's it's game time. No, this has been her dream since she was nine years old. This is huge for me personally, and I feel like it's such a big thing to be representing TNA. And yet another surprise in this Royal Rumble. For the race. What the f What is going on? It is Jordan. Oh, no wrestling in any other place, to be honest, just with 50 times as many people as I normally wrestle in front of. So I think my home is truly in the ring. I want to thank Ben for allowing her to be here and participate in the Royal Rumble. I thought she had a spectacular showing tonight. She's an amazing talent. From the moment that I got the call, the gears shifted, and I knew, like, this is it. You have to be better than you ever have, ever have. was an interesting piece that you saw if you had a chance to watch Impact Wrestling this past Thursday. I know I had a chance to watch it. It was incredible. So number five was Jordan Grace, which was incredible to say the very least. Now, this is historic in many ways. It's also uh, first uh, in many ways. This is all, it's, it's also second when you think about it. About a couple of years ago, I think it was 2022, uh, Mickey James had made her appearance in WWE. Even though it's not her first Royal Rumble appearance, it's her first Royal Rumble appearance not only coming out with her hardcore country song, but also coming out with the Impact Knockouts Championship, which was incredible. And for Jordan Grace to come out at number five and for her to come out 
wearing the TNA Knockouts Championship in the Royal Rumble was incredible. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I wasn't sure because there were reports coming in and I had heard about Jordan Grace. And I was like, oh, could, could this happen? I mean, because there have been talks about... There's been talks about TNA collaborating with WWE, WWE collaborating with TNA, which, <clears throat> you know, when I, ho- when I heard about it, I thought, oh, this is amazing. And I'm kind of hoping for another surprise in the Men's Royal Rumble, but it didn't, it didn't exactly happen. I mean, I was kind of hoping for Moose to appear, and I'm just giving you guys a hint, Moose to appear in, a, in the Men's Royal Rumble as the TNA world champ because this would be good for his career and it would also be good for him to be a part of the WWE Royal Rumble just to kind of put put him out there, put TNA out there. It was amazing. But it would be amazing, but it didn't happen. And Jordan Grace got that honor, so it was amazing for Jordan Grace to be there and she practically fit right in to WWE for so big congratulations to Jordan Grace for being a part of the Royal Rumble. She was in there for 19 minutes and 10 seconds, and she was eliminated by Bianca Belair, which, you know, it was incredible. I mean, seeing her in the ring with several of the superstars involved, from Natalia to Naomi. Well, she's faced off against Naomi before. Bailey. Uh, she even went face-to-face with uh, Ivy Nile, and I thought, oh, wow, because they look practically the same, except Ivy Nile's a little bit shorter than you know, Jordan Grace. So, it was incredible. So number six on the list was... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. I think I did, but just in case I didn't. Jordan Grace was in there for 19 minutes and 10 seconds. And I think I said it was... Yeah, I think I said it was a little bit about Bianca Belair. Number six on the list was Indy Hartwell. Incredible showing by her. She was in there for uh, three minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, eliminated the hands of Bailey. Asuka was in the Rumble, was in there for longer than 12 minutes and 59 seconds, eliminated by Caden Carter and Katana Chance, the former tag team champions. I, I just talked about this woman earlier. Ivy Niles was in there for 23 minutes and 27 seconds. She was eliminated by Nia Jax. Katana Chance was also in there was in there longer than um, Ivy Nile, uh, 25 minutes and 48 seconds. Um, was eliminated by Nia Jax as well. Bianca Belair was in there. Uh, Bianca Belair was in there at number 10, in there for 47 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, eliminated by Bailey. Kyrie Singh was in there for about five minutes total. Eliminated by Caitlin Carter. Number 12 was Tegan Knox, who was eliminated by Bailey. Uh, eliminated by Bailey. I think, uh, did I remember who, um, I mentioned everybody's name. I didn't want to mention who Naomi was eliminated by. There's a reason for that. I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh-oh. Let's see. Tegan Knox was eliminated by Bailey. I think I said that already. Uh, number 13 is Caitlin Carter, who was uh, in there. F- wait, wait, wait. Did I mention? Wait a minute. Tegan Knox, and I think I forgot to mention this. Tegan Knox was in there for about a minute, 22 seconds, eliminated by Bailey. Caitlin Carter was in there 
for 11 minutes and 48 seconds, defeated, uh, eliminated by Piper Nivet. Let me go ahead and scrunch down the list here a little bit. There we go. Okay. Continuing on, number tw number 14 was Chelsea Green. Was in there, and Chelsea Green, oh, pobrecita, she got smashed. And I mean, I mean, I mean literally smashed by, by both Nia Jax and Piper Nivet. And she was pretty much the comedy act in that whole Royal Rumble act. And uh, my thought was Zach, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say Zach Ryder. Uh, Matt Cordona has to be jealous because she, <laughs> I said this in a very funny manner. I, I said this because Chelsea's being smashed and Matt Cordona has to be jealous because he usually smashes that from time to time. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But anyways, um, <clears throat> next number, where are we at right here? Uh, we talked about Caden Carter, right? Uh, Chelsea Green was at number... Oh, she was in there for 17 minutes and 13, 32 seconds, eliminated by Becky Lynch. Uh, Piper Nivet came in at number 15, was in there for 12 minutes and 39 seconds, eliminated by Nia Jax. Um, Zaya Lee was in... Uh, in the Rumble for 6 minutes and 46 seconds. Eliminated the hands of Nia Jax. Zelina Vega was in there uh, for 20 minutes altogether. Eliminated by the team of Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Maxine Dupree, or I'm sorry, Maxine Dupree is in there. Uh, she was in there for 6 minutes and 39 seconds, eliminated by Bailey. Pretty impressive there, to say the very least. Nia Jax was in there for over 20 minutes and 15 seconds. I don't want to tell you who eliminated her just yet, okay? Not yet, okay? Because we got to save that for a surprise. Number 20, um, Shotzi Blackheart. I still like to call her that, Shotzi Blackheart. I don't want to call her Shotzi. Anyway, Shotzi Blackheart was in there for 15 minutes and 14 seconds, eliminated at the hands of Nia Jax. Becky Lynch was in there, number 21. Uh, was in there for 22 minutes and 29 seconds, was eliminated by, was eliminated by Naomi. And uh, by a certain somebody, I'm not going to mention the name just yet. Alba Fire was in there, was in there for uh, 6 minutes and 21 seconds, eliminated by Naomi. Shayna Baszler was in there for 8 minutes and 27 seconds, to, eliminated by Nia Jax. Number 24 was Valhalla. Oh, this was... Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> this... Okay. Um... Rather than me, okay, before I tell you, um, Valhalla was in there for about five seconds until she was eliminated by Nia Jax. Now, there was a reason why she was eliminated in five seconds. Something happened in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> okay, um, I, I think you should listen to this and then you'll know the rest. What the hell? What's our truth? What's our truth doing? I'm not even sure he knows. Pat. 
He's still looking for Tom and Nacker. Where's Nick? Our truth just asked, where are the guys? <laughs> oh, Adam Pierce, the wrong general manager. Hey, this is the Women's Royal Rumble. You are in, you are out. So you're telling me all over women in there? Yes, that's why it's the Women's Royal Rumble. They're all women. Where are the young Oh, oh, he's already eliminated. Oh, Hallie was here. Maybe she's still the antlers at home. Yeah, you're telling me about these antlers. Oh, Hallie's so upset at our truth. Can you blame her? <laughs> what the hell? So, you know, this was this was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. So, I, we're, me and my brother, we're, we're, we had our barbecue and everything. We had our beers all set up. We're watching outside. Me, uh, me, and my brother and his friend Tony. We're watching the Rumble, right? We're watching number. Let's see where we're at. <coughs> we're watching Valhalla coming at number twenty-four, right? All of a sudden, as soon as Valhalla was walking, all of a sudden, our truth's music hit. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Holy, are you fucking kidding me? He's walking past Valhalla and he keeps going to the ring, right? And he's just right there, right in front of Nia Jackson. He has this look on his face where it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, this was so funny. And then he's like, where are the guys? Where are the guys? <laughs> They're all wondering what the fuck. And he got thrown over the top rope. So he was, well... <laughs> Oh, God. Well, can we add that Nia Jax eliminated our truth in the rumble? <laughs> oh, God. That was that was, a, that was the funniest thing. I, I had... You know what I did? Right after that shit happened, I had bought me a bottle of Jaeger, right? And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and take a shot just because he showed up. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Our truth showing up in the Women's Row Rumble. I wasn't expecting it, but then again, it's our truth. I mean, you had to expect it one way or another. Happy that, man. You told me was last night. What did you say? What do you mean what did I say last night? I didn't say go out there in the Women's World Rumble. And what happened to your hair? That was Nick. Mysterio? I need a drink. It's too early for that. Oh, God, I think we all need a drink, don't we? <laughs> oh, God, that was a funny... I, I still... I mean... <laughs> oh, it's too early for that, you know. Out of Pierce all. I need a drink. <clears throat> Anyways, let me, let me continue on with the rubble here. So, uh, I already talked about now about Val... Val... Val <laughs> I'm already sorry. Uh, next one... Machen was in there. Mia Yim was in there for five minutes and two seconds, eliminated by Nia Jax. Zoe Stark would be in at number 26 for nine minutes and 58 seconds, eliminated by Liv Morgan. Number, 20 seg uh, number 27, uh, someone from NXT showed up. Roxanne Perez made her appearance and was uh, in there for 8 minutes and 29 seconds, eliminated by Tiffany Stratton. Now, um, the, 
the next one I'm about to reveal right now is number 28. We have been anticipating this person to show up for a long time now, ever since ever since she had been uh, ever since she left AEW. The word was out. Everybody's been curious. Everybody's been wondering about when she will appear, how will it happen, and how will her debut show up. Well, guys, the anticipation is over. Lit. This this was something I knew would take place. It was the right move. It was the right call, and I digged it. All I can say is, here is number twenty-eight. Anticipation of this woman's debut has finally happened at the Royal Rumble. Jade Cargill makes her WWE debut, makes her Royal Rumble debut, and made an impressive showing by eliminating Nia Jax, which not only shocked the hell out of me, but it also shocked the hell out of Becky Lynch. Just looking at the face was a whole thing, but it was impressive to say the very least. Now, I mentioned earlier on this uh, episode of the Main Event Tongue Podcast, Naomi was in there at number two, was in there for an hour and two minutes and 18 seconds. She was eliminated by Jade Cargill, which was very, very impressive. Also, uh, I think there was another one that I mentioned, Becky Lynch, was also not only eliminated by Naomi, but also eliminated by Nia by Jade Cargill as well, which that was impressive to say the very least. I saw that. Okay, so <clears throat> let's continue on here. And I think we just mentioned her name a moment ago. Uh, Tiffany Stratton came in at number 29, representing NXT, coming in at 6 minutes and 52 seconds, eliminated by Bailey. And Liv Morgan was number 30. And let's see, was number 30, was in there for 6 minutes and 26 seconds, eliminated by Bailey. Right there. And uh, in the Royal Rumble match, it ended up with the last, let's see, the last two competitors that were involved. Jade Cargill, Bailey, and uh, Liv Morgan. So the funny thing about that was the picks that I had chosen, I think I've mentioned who they were. I'm not sh- I know Liv Morgan was one of them. And I, th- I think I've mentioned either Liv Morgan or Bailey or both. I, I could be wrong. Um... It, it was incredible uh, for those three involved, especially Jade being involved in there with two WWE superstars in the Royal Rumble was so incredible. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And all of us were expecting the winner to be Bailey. 
Uh, most Some people were expecting it to be Liv, which I really didn't believe it in any way possible. Jade, her winning would have been very, very impressive. Oh, by the way, several things I saw in that rumble with Jade, including, uh, I guess there was this one spot where I think Jade eliminated, uh, Jade had lifted up Bailey, and I think Bianca had picked up Becky Lynch, saw each other, in the ring, Bianca and Jade Cargill. Holy shit. I was like, God damn. There's Bailey. There's there's Bianca Belair. And there's fucking uh, Jade Cargill looking at each other face to face. And my, my, my thought was, holy fuck. I mean, as a man. As a man. Which one of these two should I have in my bedroom? That's That, that was the first thing that came to my head. I'm sorry. Jade's fine. Bianca's fine. Both hot, beautiful African-American women, all right? Yes, I'm Mexican. Get over it. You can't help these women. are fire fine. I could go black if I could. Okay. But anyways, it it ended up with um, Bailey winning the whole Royal Rumble, which was, I believe, the right call. Bailey winning it now causes some more conflicting issues as far as where she's going to go, whether it's Rhea Ripley or whether it's um, or whether it's Rhea Ripley or whether it's her damage control partner EO Sky, so it leads up a lot of questions there. So just want to go ahead and say congratulations to Bailey for winning the 2024 Royal Rumble. She's on her way to WrestleMania. We do not know exactly who she's going to be going after, who she's going to win, and everything and and whatever happens. But one thing's for certain. We are 63 days away from the Royal Rumble, uh, from WrestleMania, and uh, got a lot of things we got to talk about before the Royal Rumble, but once again, congratulations go out to Bailey for winning the Royal Women's Royal Rumble. She is now the third woman of the four horsewomen to win a Rumble. That includes Charlotte Flair, and that includes Becky Lynch, and now you can add Bailey to the list, so all that's left is... Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, to return to the Royal Rumble. Which, by the way, several of the surprises that I mentioned never happened, never showed up, never appeared. Mercedes Monet is one of them, so that means there's a possibility of her showing up at AEW. There's a possibility of her showing up in AEW's Revolution, which will happen on March 3rd. We will have to see about that. We're probably not going to talk about the event, but we'll talk about that next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. Because as we talked about earlier, uh, Tony Storm is going to be defending her championship, her AEW Women's World Championship, against uh, Deanna Perrazzo. That's going to happen. That's going to take place at the uh, AEW Revolution event. So a lot of stuff's going to be happening. So once again, congratulations to A to Bailey for winning the 2024 Women's World Rumble. She is on her way, headed. To Philadelphia, WrestleMania 40. Hey, Natalia. I know it's a little frustrating having not won the Royal Rumble match, but there's another issue I'd like to address. Uh, yourself and your partner, Tegan Knox, both trying to eliminate each other. Can you shed some light on that? You know, Byron, I actually should be more upset than I am, but... In a way, this was like a light bulb moment for me with Tegan because now I feel like Tegan's finally 
she's finally getting it. She's finally realizing that it is every woman for themselves. And I'm finally just seeing her come alive. And I really like it. So this is a good thing for you and Tegan Knox. I think this is a great thing. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Very well. Thank you, Natty. Uh, Chelsea, uh, I'm sorry about... What? What are you sorry about? Get it out. Go. Well, you had a few physically traumatizing situations tonight in the Royal Rumble match. However, um, the, the good news is, is that you lasted longer in this year's Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, we're trying to make jokes. Oh, we're making jokes now, are we? Should I tell your boss that you just tried to make a joke after I nearly died out there? I put my body on the line, Brian. My body on the line. Um, you might want to get some ice for that. See a chiropractor. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, I cannot express how excited I am to be sitting next to this woman who made a huge return tonight, the Royal Rumble. Naomi, you're back! Oh my, did you hear how loud the crowd was for you? I did, I did. How did that feel? <sighs> oh man, they, uh, it was hard to hold back all the emotions. Like, I couldn't... Oh man, it felt, it felt really good after, after this little journey I've yeah. been on to, you know, finally be back. And that's the scary part. You never know what that reaction or response is so uh to feel that man and getting that response it was just that much more rewarding i'm sure for you it's so much more rewarding i feel and i just so i'm so grateful to be back we're grateful that you're back now listen you uh entered at number two and you stuck around like damn near the end what was motivating you to, uh, to get what was motivating you to like get through all those women just to prove that you still got it you're here they better watch out absolutely absolutely and just after after this ride i've been on you know i just i feel like nothing can can break me i didn't i didn't win but i, I hung in there that that jade is something else though right? mm. I don't know what we're gonna do about her. I don't know. I, that's that's your problem, not mine. Uh, so uh, what's 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 next for you, Naomi? I don't know. We shall see. Well, for now, we'll go celebrate. From here. We'll go celebrate. Okay. Uh, bye. We gotta go. Let's go. I'm here with Jade Cargill, and what a massive debut coming out Royal Rumble number 28 here in Tropicana Field, and I mean a reaction that I feel like was fitting for a superstar. I'm nothing less than a superstar. What did you think was going to happen? Did you, the other women, did, did you hear the crowd like they raved for me? I don't think so. But I do want to thank the WWE fan base because you guys showed up and showed out tonight. I am nothing short of a superstar. I am Jay Cargill. That was my first introduction. Get ready for everything that comes with me. Well, the first superstar you came face to face with in that ring was Nia Jax, and it looked like you effortlessly put her over your shoulder and then eliminated her. Um, it looked easy for you, but that is a uh, a feat in itself. It is. I think Nia is one of the strongest women in this division, but she's not Jade Cargill. I mean, you see what I did out there tonight? Did you hear the pop that I got? Clearly, this fan base doesn't like her, and they like me. So... Keep it moving. It, it did take two of the WWE Universe's favorites to eliminate you in returning Liv Morgan and Bailey, who ended up winning the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, but I think that's a testament to yourself that it took two superstars to eliminate one Jade Cargill. 
This entire locker room is full of talent. I thought I did my homework. I wasn't expecting Liv Morgan, but clearly I have to go back, do some more work, and keep it moving. I am one of one, I am number one, and I'm here to take over this entire women's division. Going out there and being in the ring with Naomi and Natalia and that first, the first three of us, legends. My first time um, doing anything on the main roster, I was a UK tour, and it was me and Natalia versus Team Bad. So like, they're the girls that really helped me get comfortable and took me in. So being in there with them, they have been through everything, generations of this division, and are still here helping everyone out. That was incredible. Uh, happy to have Naomi back. And uh, Jordan Grace, very big surprise, to be honest, which is just cool seeing someone come from a different world and everybody was, we like throwing those like surprises out there. She's super solid, very strong. I'd stay away from her. Um, <laughs> and having Jade finally come out just seems like there's so much potential there and everyone's really excited to see what she did. And she proved her presence with so many different moments she had there. Um, I was close to eliminating her though, so she should be scared of me, you know.
What's going on? Furman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. 2023 is over and 2024 has arrived. And that means all of you are making your New Year's resolutions and some of you are going to fulfill them. And all of you are probably not going to be able to do one single damn thing about it. So why not go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and make that a part of your New Year's resolution. Come over, drink some beer, have yourself a good time, eat some good food, jam out some good music, check out some live performances from several bands that have performed over at Rich's Billiards over the years. And if you got nothing to do on the weekend or nothing at all of any kind, why not go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and have yourself a cold one and a shot and bring along a few friends if you want to. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the barman bars and the billiards among billiards. 2024 is here and make Rich's Billiards your New Year's resolution. Roman Reigns, LA Knight, Randy Orton, or anyone else 
The WWE Undisputed Universal Championship match. Um, fatal four-way. Roman Reigns defending his title against LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. Now, you know, there's really not a whole lot to talk about in this Universal Championship match other than it's the same old... It's the same old routine. It was a good match. It was a good match. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we saw this fatal four way match. I I don't think a lot of people saw this fatal four way match. I think the outcome, we we knew the outcome was going to be Roman winning. You know, now honestly, I think the interesting part, the interesting part of this, is that I wanted if this was still like I originally thought. If this was Randy Orton taking on Roman Reigns, the outcome would still be Roman winning, but there would be a twist to the whole thing. Now, hear me out before I tell you, you know, the, the rest of the matchup. If the if the plot twist, like like I said, if this match was still Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns, and if it was kept the way it is, yes, you could have Roman Reigns win it. You could have Solo Sokoa get involved somehow, right? <coughs> you can You can also make sure that Roman could still retain the title, but you could have Randy Orton become the winner, marking Randy Orton as the only the second man to beat Roman Reigns. And also, if you want to make this even more interesting, you get Randy Orton to do his ever-famous punt kick on on Roman Reigns and lay him out for Elimination Chamber because since we know he's not going to be there, you take the punt kick, you take him out, and then you find a way to, you know, reserve something between him and Randy Orton somewhere down the road. I don't know. I mean, that, that should be the way to go. That should be the way to go, in my opinion. But this championship match... It was way too predictable. It was a good match. It was a very good match. I mean, I liked the whole thing with L.A. Knight and uh, A.J. Styles. I liked the whole thing with L.A. and Randy Orton. And then Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. A.J. Styles and Randy Orton. So many combinations of the matchup to look at. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good for what it is. The thing that I wish... Like, like I said, I wish it was still a singles match. And I wish LA Knight and AJ Styles would have been a part of the Rumble. I think it would have been much more interesting, to say the very least. Um, it's, it's the same predictability. We, we knew coming in that Roman was not going to lose the title. We know that. Now we're moving on to WrestleMania. Now comes the question, you know, what, what is next for Roman Reigns? He's not, <clears throat> not going to be at Elimination Chamber. There were talks about The Rock showing up at Elimination Chamber to take on Roman Reigns. 
at, at Elimination Chamber in Australia. But that wasn't going to happen. And I feel, I feel that match should still happen at Elimination Chamber. Just because we got to move past this whole thing with, with The Rock versus Roman Reigns. Now, The Rock wants to do it at WrestleMania. Now, my opinion on the matter as far as Rock versus, Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it for several obvious reasons. Number one, Roman is going to get put over by The Rock. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Number two, I don't think The Rock should lose to Roman. Okay? And number three, I don't think he should win the, the championship and be the one to stop him. Okay? I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it at all. I just think that people are putting too much emphasis on this match. We talked about this one year ago. The match didn't happen, and it happened to be Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania last year, right? Then, of course, the whole thing that happened, uh, I guess some creative plans came into play, and all of a sudden Vince McMahon decided to change the plans, which was very which was very bad to say at the very least, but that's also another thing to consider. Now, I'll get into more detail about it when we get to WrestleMania, you know, because I think now Roman going into WrestleMania, who is he going to take on? Is it going to be Rome? Uh, is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be Cody Rhodes? Is it going to be CM Punk? We don't know. It's, it's up in the air at this point. Like I said, we, we know he's not going to face the Rocket Elimination Chamber. We know he's not going to be Elimination Chamber at all. But then again, plans could change in a heartbeat, you know. So we should keep that option open before we decide to, you know, criticize. But other than that, Roman Reigns, still the Universal Champion, beating, beating AJ Styles, which I find that to be funny. Uh, because I thought L.A. Knight would be the one to get pinned. Because I thought, I mean, my prediction was L.A. Knight was going to get pinned, right? But I think they wanted to reserve L.A. Knight, and they wanted to beat A.J. Styles, which was the right call, because my thought is uh, there's going to be a feud between L.A. Knight and A.J. Styles to the point where A.J. Styles might put over L.A. Knight, and then there may be a point where we'll see L.A. Knight take on Logan Paul for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I don't think that's in their plans. <clears throat> I don't think that's in their plans, but that's something to consider. You know? That's something to consider at WrestleMania. But we'll see what happens for now. But for now, Roman Reigns is still the undisputed WWE champion. He beats Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. To every hater who prayed on my downfall. Where are you now? Don't y'all get it by now? I'm the fastest rising star in WWE history. I knock people out. Me, disruptor, entrepreneur, innovator, actor, wrestler, boxer. I am the maverick, Logan Paul. As good as you are. You're not Kevin Owens! Broken hand and all, Kevin Owens is ready here 
Kevin Owens, you get to face the greatest United States champ in history. Logan! Oh! Hey, Kevin. This little black guy you gave me, it's not just a black guy. It's evidence. Turns out that little cast on your hand could be a liability. Because if you roll up the Royal Rumble with that cast on, excuse me, with that weapon on your hand, I promise you, I'm not just going to beat you in a wrestling match, no, I am going to beat you in a court of law. Wow, Kevin, <laughs> thanks for inviting me on your show. I would say I'm honored, but I'm not. Three years ago, I came to my first ever WrestleMania, and you embarrassed me. I'm feeling it right now just like I was then. And the only reason that you were able to knock me down is because of that cast. It's only gonna take me one second to KO you, KO. There isn't a punch you can throw that can keep me down for three seconds, let alone knock me out. I'm not gonna have this cast on in the Royal Rumble. In fact, you know what? this Saturday. This was an interesting match, and this was something that took uh, that took a while. And I'm not talking about the plot itself, uh, the United States Championship match, uh, Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. Uh, once again, uh, just like any match we see, Logan Paul uh, being the United States Champion, we know that it's a championship that. He has not really defended that much other than the Royal Rumble. And I think him versus Kevin, we already knew what the outcome was going to be. There was a prediction There was a prediction panel that said that Kevin Owens was going to be the one to take the title, which in my opinion, no, 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 no. How I see it is you got Logan Paul as the United States champion. You've got him to hold on to that championship for a little while longer. You get him to WrestleMania. And you have him defend that championship against whoever the next opponent will be. I'm picking L.A. Knight, but we'll see how all this goes out. So, throughout the entire matchup, it was pretty good. It was pretty good for what it was. Uh, It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a good match either. So, we could, you know, say that... (coughs) 
Logan Paul's outstanding. Whether you, whether you like the guy or hate the guy, he is outstanding. He is. Because of his athleticism in the ring, because of his star power involved in it, this is the part where... And it's already starting to become clear now, and it's getting there. It's getting there. Now, what am I talking about? I think, and it's starting to become obvious from the fan base right now because I think some people still hate Logan Paul but I think when you listen to that crowd at the Rumble there was a much different platform a much different uh, deal than what we were used to seeing right so there was this part where I saw Kevin do that whole suck it deal Kind of like how DX does it. And I'm wondering myself, okay, why did he do that for? And I'm hearing the crowd, and it almost seems like some of that crowd, especially over in Tampa Bay, or St. Petersburg, I'm sorry, were into Logan Paul. Now, they're not into it all the way, but I think there were some fans that really dig Logan Paul. So... The end was going to be obvious. And then for once, I mean, I saw who those people were. I mean, Logan Paul had shaken their hands earlier. And they tried to get involved in the match like they did with the Rey Mysterio one. That was a surprise. And right before that happened, I mean, the referee saw it. And I think he knew it was coming because he had noticed that also. And you got to give credit to the referees for noticing that as well. Uh, officials had tried to take him down. Then here comes Austin Theory and... and Grayson Waller, which you knew you knew something was up. The brass knuckles were being used. Kevin Owens tried to take the brass knuckles off. He used it, laid out Logan Paul, and as the referee was about to, and I, I was like, you know, seeing all this, and Kevin Owens had his his hand around Logan Paul's leg. And the brass nuts were right there. And I think the referee had clear vision of how it went down. And that was and it was a good call by the referee to notice that. And disqualifying it, I know it's one of those matches where there should not be a disqualification, especially when it comes to an event like the Royal Rumble. But I don't see a problem with having a disqualification. All right? Because, look, listen, oftentimes, especially when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, you get some of these DQ finishes. And sometimes you get some of these count-out finishes. <coughs> Are they necessary? Yes and no. But in an event like the Royal Rumble, and the way people uh, have used Logan Hall, I think it was the right call for that to take place and for Logan to somehow retain the championship, uh, retain the championship away from Kevin Owens. So Kevin, of course, got pissed off and upset, took out his frustrations on Logan Paul, laid him out on the table, that was it. So I'm guessing that the, the feud between Logan Paul and Kevin Owens is going to probably escalate into Elimination Chamber. I think we see that coming. I hope it happens, and I think it will be a no disqualification and no count-out match, and I think something's going to happen between... Um, Logan Paul, uh, well, something's going to happen between, um, something's going to happen between Kevin Owens, Grayson Waller, and Austin Theory, 
You almost know that's about to happen. And then I think they're going to try, this is just my theory, I think they're going to try to change theory into a, a baby face. You, you, it, it's not happening yet, but this is one of these predictions that I have said many times before. There is a reason why this team was put together. The fans are going to get behind theory soon. I don't know when, I don't know how. Maybe after WrestleMania, we're going to see how this rolls. But other than that, this whole feud between Logan Paul and Kevin Owens is not over. It's not over by a long shot. It, it will probably escalate even further to Elimination Chamber or something else will happen. You know, we don't know. We'll have to see what happens on Friday Night SmackDown to get an idea of where all this goes. But for now, Logan Paul retains the United States Championship via disqualification. And Kevin Owens is now suffering the wrath, but I don't think it's over between these two by a long shot. Okay, so we've gotten everything down as far as the Royal Rumble goes. The Women's Royal Rumble was done. The fatal four-way for the undisputed Universal Championship was done. And, of course, the United States Championship matchup is now done. So now all that's left is the Men's Royal Rumble coming up next. Before we talk about the Men's Royal Rumble, we know that in every Royal Rumble event that takes place, it is all about the numbers. The Royal Rumble, a stage where singular moments in time become immortalized. It's from behind, Mysterio, Oscar, The road to WrestleMania begins with 30 men and 30 women vying for the chance of a lifetime. A world championship match in the main event of WrestleMania. The brainchild of WWE Hall of Famer Pat Patterson, the Royal Rumble made its debut in 1988. We've witnessed 1,310 superstars compete in this legendary event, but only 34, a staggering 2.6% of participants, have won it all. 20 have gone on to win a world championship at WrestleMania, including Rhea Ripley. In 2023, Rhea Ripley made history, becoming the first woman to enter at number one and outlast the entire field. The Eradicator broke the Women's Rumble record for most career eliminations with 20 as Mommy's marathon performance set the new Women's Endurance record at an unprecedented one hour, one minute, and eight seconds. Rhea Ripley sets the record. Last year, the ring general marched into the record books as well. Gunther earned the distinction of the longest time spent in a traditional Rumble match at an unbelievable 1 hour, 11 minutes, and 40 seconds. Later entry into the match significantly increases your odds of being the last one standing. A winner has emerged from the final 10 entry positions in 60% of Rumble matches. But no entry number has produced more winners than the coveted number 30, where five superstars have claimed victory, including Cody Rhodes. Cody made his triumphant return from injury last year and blazed his trail to the main event of WrestleMania. The American While the American Nightmare has vowed to finish his story, winning back-to-back Rumble matches is exceedingly rare. No 
most superstars won consecutive Rumble matches in 26 years, a feat last achieved by Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Texas Rattlesnake is the most accomplished Royal Rumble competitor of all time with three victories. Oh, hell yeah! marks the third time Tampa Bay has been host to the Rumble. The first was in 1995 when the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels skillfully avoided elimination, proving both feet must hit the floor. In 2021, the Royal Rumble came to Tropicana Field where Bianca Belair bested 29 other superstars. This year, Belair looks to become the first two-time women's Rumble winner. The EST is tied with the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, for most eliminations in a women's rumble match with eight. Nine superstars have made it to the mountaintop twice, including Brock Lesnar. In 2020, the Beast Incarnate conquered the record for the most superstars sent packing in a traditional rumble match with an astounding 13 eliminations. In women's rumble history, Natalia is one of only four superstars who's competed in all six rumble matches. And no one brings the heat like the big red machine. Kane's wake of destruction includes a record 45 eliminations in 18 Royal Rumble matches, the most in history. Hot on his tail is the dynamic Kofi Kingston, who will move into second place with his sixteenth appearance. Kofi makes the impossible look effortless. Not everyone shines in the spotlight. Chelsea Green eliminated faster than anyone in history. Some superstars are ready to get in the action at a moment's notice. That's a unique way to enter the Royal Rumble match. And you never know who will show up when their numbers call. The phenomenal one is here! We've seen countless mind-blowing returns. between Logan Paul and Ricochet last year, holding record for the most social moment in Rumble history. Making it across the finish line can serve as a career launching pad. Nine competitors have won their first world title as a direct result of winning the Royal Rumble. In the last five years, 60% of winners parlayed their victory into championship gold at WrestleMania. This year, the showcase of the Immortals takes over the city of brotherly love, but there will be no love lost on the road to WrestleMania. 60 superstars will compete in two Royal Rumble matches for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to headline WrestleMania 4. and punch your ticket to Philadelphia.
You know, guys, this is really the first time since Jimmy Uso cost his brother Jey Uso the undisputed championship at SummerSlam that these two brothers are going to go face to face. Well, their relationship turned so toxic, Jey ended up being moved over to Monday Night Raw while Jimmy has remained doing the bidding of the bloodline. This is... This is surreal. Can you imagine the emotions going through these brothers, these twin brothers, one of the greatest tag teams of all time? We know blood is thicker than water, but is it thicker than a WrestleMania main event? So as you can tell by it, the first two entrants in the Men's Royal Rumble began with Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso, who started off the Royal Rumble, which was uh, very interesting there because while this is not really the first time a brother versus brother took on each other, I mean keep in mind we had we had Bret Hart versus um, we had Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at one time in the Rumble. We also had. Uh, Axe and Smash of Demolition that went off against each other. And I believe Jeff and Matt Hardy had went off against each other. I think it was 2021, 2000, 2001 Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember that quite well. So anyways, uh, just to kind of give you the time difference of what we're looking at here. Jay Uso uh, was at number one. He was in there for 50 minutes and 55 seconds, was eliminated by Gunther. Jimmy Uso was in at number two who was in there for 34 minutes and 9 seconds and uh, was eliminated by Braun Breaker. We're going to go down the list here, you know, just to give you an idea of how it went down. Jimmy, by the way, was... <laughs> he came out there, started... And, and if you notice on, on this Royal Rumble, he kept trying to shake hands with everybody because he's beating the shit out of, you know, whoever. Kind of reminds me of that one friend that just wants to shake your hand. Hey, what's going on there? It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's how it was. Next one was number three, Grayson Waller was not in there too long. Grayson Waller was in there for about four minutes and five seconds when he was eliminated by Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. yeah. And he was on the microphone for, what, a few minutes, and then he was taken off? Híjole, so. Then number four, Andrade, one of the individuals that left AEW and has now returned to the WWE and has returned to the Royal Rumble. He was in there for 22 minutes and 59 seconds, eliminated by Bronson Reed. Carmelo Hayes, who is a part of NXT, was in there for 17 minutes and 6 seconds, eliminated by the man who had beaten him one time in Finn Balor, who's a member of the Judgment Day. 
Shinsuke Nakamura was in there for 20 minutes and tw- uh, 20 minutes and 51 seconds and it was eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Santos Escobar was in there for 6 minutes and 37 seconds and was eliminated at the hands of Carlito. Karrion Cross was in there at number 8, was eliminated in 6 minutes and 20 seconds, eliminated by Bobby Lashley. Dirty Dominic Mysterio was in there for at least about a total of 33 minutes and 19 seconds, eliminated the hands of CM Punk. Carlito, oh, wait a minute. Oh, Carlito was in there for number 10, was in there for 2 minutes and 23 seconds, eliminated the hands of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, of course, came in at number 11, was eliminated in 1 minute and 34 seconds. It was at the hands of Karrion Cross. Number 12, the first German superstar to enter the Royal Rumble, Ludwig Kaiser. Eliminated by eliminated in nine, uh, 9 minutes and 29 seconds. Eliminated by Kofi Kingston. Austin Theory came in at number 13. Uh, was eliminated in 3 minutes and 58 seconds at the hands of Cody Rhodes. Finn Balor came in. Was in for about 11 minutes and 21 seconds. Eliminated by Ron Breaker. Going down the list here, if you will. Number 15 was Cody Rhodes, who came in at about astounding 43 minutes and 21 seconds. Eliminated, uh, wasn't, well, (laughs) don't want to mention anything just yet. Ron Breaker, I'm sorry, Bronson Reed was in there. Uh, Number 16, if I'm not mistaken, was in there for 10 minutes and 39 seconds, eliminated the hands of Omas. Number 17 was Kofi Kingston, was in there for 3 minutes and 34 seconds, eliminated by Gunther. Wait a minute. Did I say that? Wait, let me say that one more time because I think I made a mistake. Bronson Reed came in at 10 minutes and 39 seconds, right? I think that's correct. Eliminated by Omas. Kofi Kingston was in. Let's see. Kofi was in three minutes and 34 seconds eliminated by Gunther. Okay, that's right. Gunther was in. And let's see. uh, Was in there for 30 minutes and 10 seconds. Eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Ivar was in for their... I think it was in there for four minutes and 59 seconds. Eliminated the hands of Ron Breaker. Ron Breaker was in at number 20. Now... From what I understand, and just to kind of give you a little uh, interization, I think you might have heard this earlier, Braun Breaker's spot was supposed to have been Brock Lesnar, okay? It was, supposed to have been, uh, it was supposed to have been Brock Lesnar, and Braun Breaker was eliminated by Dirty Dom Dominic Mysterio. He was in there for five minutes and 19 seconds. Now, just kind of talk about this a little bit. I... I don't believe, and this is just my thought, this is just me thinking about this, I think the idea of Braun Breaker, I'm sorry, uh, the idea of Brock Lesnar getting eliminated by, now I don't care about the sexual allegations at this point, That that's out the window, I'm, I'm thinking creative-wise. Braun Breaker, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar, eliminated by Dominic Mysterio would be bad. Dominic Mysterio getting his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber would be like, that's just an excitement waiting to happen. Making Dom look like a little fucking bitch. 
And then he moved, go, going on to face off against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Brilliant planning. It is. I just don't believe that other part right there about Dominic Mysterio eliminating Brock Lesnar because I don't see it. It's not believable. Braun Breaker, uh, Dominic eliminating Braun Breaker. Hmm. <coughs> I kind of find that hard to swallow. But <coughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. Anyways, let's keep on going. <coughs> My apologies. It went down the wrong pipe. I'm sorry, sir. Anyways. Uh, 21 was Omas who came in, eliminated in 2 minutes and 43 seconds at the hands of Braun Breaker. <laughs> 22 was interesting because, and I forgot to mention this, at the very, at the very beginning of the Royal Rumble, uh, Pat McAfee, made his appearance at the Rumble. His second surprise appearance was going to be at the Rumble. Appeared there as commentary uh, alongside with Corey Graves and the whole nine yards, right? <sighs> uh, Pat McAfee was in there 38 seconds and he eliminated himself! I wish Pat McAfee would have been in there, like, at a different number and all that stuff. I want Pat McAfee to be in the Rumble, goddammit. That's just me talking. Anyways, uh, let's see next one. Number 23 was J.D. McDonough, who was eliminated the hands of Jay Uso in three seconds. And R-Truth, oh, God, by the way, and next individual coming up was R-Truth. We're about to talk about him in a minute. He was eliminated in 2 minutes and 56 seconds at the hands of Damian Priest. There was a spot. Okay, we talked about him in the Women's Royal Rumble earlier. Now he's in the Men's Royal Rumble. And he... he <laughs> I thought this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So he's coming out here. He's coming into the Rumble. He's not in the ring yet. He is in the corner. And Dominic Mysterio's in trouble, right? At the hands of Gunther. And he is like trying to reach for attack. Like, wait a minute. What is this? Is this a rumble? Is this a tag match? What the fuck? Our truth was just right there, just extending it. Tag me, dog, tag me. Tag's like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? This is a rumble. This is not a tag match. What the hell's wrong with you? Oh, dear God. So, <laughs> oh, this was nuts. So, Dominic jumps and tags our truth. And then all of a sudden, our truth is just it, like, wait, oh, dude, you, you realize you're going to get eliminated afterwards, right? Which happened. Oh my God! <laughs> you gotta love our truth, dude. You gotta love our truth. No matter what, you gotta love our truth. This is fucking nuts. Anyways, let's keep going with this. Uh, the Miz was in. Oh God, the Miz. The Miz was in there uh, for five uh, for six <clears throat> for six minutes and six seconds. Eliminated the hands of Gunther. Damian Priest was in there for ten minutes and twenty four seconds. Eliminated the hands of Sami Zayn. CM Punk was in there. CM Punk was in there. And Cody Rhodes was the one that eliminated... C wait, wait, well, 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 okay, let me, let me try to... I'm trying to say this all correctly, but I'm saying it in the wrong order here. So CM Punk came in at number 27. He was in there for 21 minutes and 45 seconds. Cody Rhodes eliminated him. Ricochet was number 28, right? Uh, was in there for 5 minutes and 10 seconds, eliminated by Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre came in at number 29 
was in there for nine minutes and five, uh, 52 seconds. Eliminated the hands of CM Punk. And, of course, Sami Zayn was in there for three minutes and 19 seconds. Eliminated by Drew McIntyre. So the final four... <clears throat> the final four that were in there was uh, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Drew McIntyre, and Gunther. Now, I had predicted one of the four individuals, right? Three of the four individuals that will be the final four. And the final four was going to be Cody Rhodes. I thought it would be Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, and Gunther, right? That's what I thought the final four would be. And up on stage, or, or up in one of the skyboxes, one of them... Happens to be Seth Rollins who's in there watching popcorn, having some popcorn, watching the matchup. While CM, while Roman Reigns was in the other side with his Universal Championship alongside with Paul Heyman looking on. So the elimination started with Drew McIntyre. He was eliminated first, and then Gunther was eliminated afterwards. And then it came down to to um, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes were in there for a while. CM Punk eliminated. Uh, <clears throat> CM Punk was eliminated at the hands of Cody Rhodes, and we know now for the second time in a row, he uh, Cody Rhodes is the 2024 Royal Rumble winner. Now, <clears throat> uh, b- based on a couple of things that I've heard about as far as CM Punk goes, because we're about to get into something that's going to talk about CM Punk in any way possible. So there was an injury that occurred in the Rumble. Uh, the injury occurred in, in the Rumble that, that featured Drew McIntyre. Uh, I didn't see it, but when I saw it the, the second time, I, and I saw it, what happened. So Drew McIntyre had hit CM Punk with the, uh, what was the move called? Um, Future Shock DDT. Apparently his shoulder was torn out or something his bicep was torn off of uh, his shoulder and everything so he was injured but managed to get through the matchup now from what I understand and from what the process of the creative plans were going to be for the Rumble Cody was going to be the one to win the whole thing not CM Punk which makes perfect sense because you know we want to see the story continue and whatever happens with CM Punk, I mean, it's gonna he's going to end up going to Elimination Chamber. Win Elimination Chamber, then move on to WrestleMania Tech on Seth Rollins, okay? But as you'll find out later on, plans had started changing. And they started changing, I would say, for the worse. And not just because of the whole thing with Vince McMahon and everything else like that. Several injuries have taken place during this time. But nonetheless, let me go ahead and mention this right now. Congratulations go out to Cody Rhodes for winning the 2024 Royal Rumble for the second time and becoming the fourth individual to win back-to-back Royal Rumbles. Hulk Hogan had won the 1990 and the 1991 Royal Rumble, while Shawn Michaels had won the 1995 and 1996 Royal Rumble. Stone Cold Steve Austin won the 1997 and 1998 Royal Rumble. And now Cody Rhodes wins the 2023 and the 2024 Royal Rumble. So Cody had made a lot of history. So this does change plans. And Cody Rhodes had, um, during the uh, end of the Royal Rumble, we saw who he was pointing towards. We saw who he was going after. Now, there's a lot of things happening. That, that is just, <clears throat> that is now starting to 
coming to fruition and it's becoming very, very apparent with what's going on. And uh, stories change, lines change, and people have a tendency of coming in when they are either wanted or not. But you'll find out later on on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Guys, when we return, we're going to get into more in the whole Royal Rumble story, the whole CM Punk story, the whole thing with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns and WrestleMania and how that is going to change. But coming up next, right after this, we're going to play a little music for you for a while. We're going to talk about Vengeance Day. We're going to talk about some of the matches that are going to take place at that event. That's going to happen tomorrow night on Peacock. Get a chance to check it out while you can. We'll be, uh, and everything else like that when we return. So we always say you never know who's going to pop up or possibly return in the Royal Rumble match. And right here, case in point, after two and a half years away, Andrade, welcome back to WWE. How'd it feel out there? How'd it feel? <laughs> happy. I'm happy to be here. Way back. You know, I need to leave to remember who I was. So now, I am back. I know who I am. Andrade, welcome back, whether it's Raw, whether it's SmackDown, who knows where you'll end up. But it is wonderful to have you right here back home in WWE. I remember, now, nobody stopped it. Hey. I'm here with Ron Breaker, and Ron, your first Royal Rumble in the books. Obviously, uh, not the outcome you were hoping for, but you did make an excellent showing. So, how are you uh, feeling about this experience? You know, I, I feel very grateful right now. You know, I feel this what an opportunity tonight was for me to make a statement, and I, I thought I did that tonight 100%. But, um, you know, things didn't go my way, but I'm not done with the Judgment Day by any means. So, um, several massive spears in there. Uh, face-to-face off with Omos, and uh, staring down Pat McAfee, who ended up eliminating himself. Yeah, Pat McAfee maybe needs to stay on college game day and stay the hell away from me. That's all I gotta say about that. Maybe she should go back to punting or something. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> well, what is next for Ron Breaker? You know, I, I think tonight I proved that I belong on the main roster. This is my home now, and um, you know, I'm I'm ready for the work. I'm ready to prove, you know, to to my peers and to the people and to everyone out there who believes in me that. This is where I belong. This is what I was born to do, and I'm here. I'm ready to go. Maybe get back to the Judgment Day. Yeah. Judgment Day's got to come. I promise you that. Pat McAfee, yeah. tonight you returned to St. Pete for the Royal Rumble. That's right. Uh, talk to me, what was it like making your entrance out there to commentate the whole show first? Like, this being in front of the 65,000, whatever the attendance was, what, what was it like for you at first? Yeah, coming back. You know, to get a chance to be in front of the WWE Universe is an absolute honor. You know, I was told, hey, Pat, you want to come back and commentate? I said, hell yes. The Royal Rumble, what an event. What a spectacular situation where stories can be written. Where dreams can come true. You want to commentate? I said, hell yeah. Work with Michael Cole, the greatest of all time. Alongside Corey Graves with a fresh baby, fresh mindset, fresh haircut. I said, I would love to do that. And then all of a sudden, what, 22, I'm, I'm in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> Nobody gave me a time about that. I got my cowboy boots on. 
Michael Cole let me go in there. That was rude of him. I thought we were friends. And then there was a thing in there. Seven foot three, okay? You're just looking up at a statue of a being. And I see little Braun Breaker go, like barking at me. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be in here. Why would I be in here right now? I'm not prepared for this. And also, who would I be to take a main event at WrestleMania spot away from somebody? <laughs> so I got my ass out of there. Now, I went back in because I thought to myself, wait a minute, am I just going to be a coward? And I realized quickly, yeah, I think tonight I am. And I went right back to the booth. And it was great. It was a great show. Rob Breaker said afterwards that you should just stay on college game day and stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of reiterating that uh, with both his mouth and his eyes. That man oozes an intensity that I wasn't re I wasn't prepared for, to be honest with you. I'm having a good time down here. St. Pete, good weather, got sunburned today. I don't know if you saw it. I took all the sun that is in St. Pete on my face. I'm talking to Michael Cole. I'm watching history. And then all of a sudden, I got Brum Breaker looking at me as if I'm some piece of meat like he wants to bite me. I don't want that. Brum Breaker going 23 miles an hour off the ropes, and now he's going to stare at me. I don't think so. I didn't even have my gear on. You know what I mean? So I was kind of caught off guard there. Got to be prepared for anything, I guess, especially in WWE. But overall, tonight was awesome. And it was great to be back. You have a great belt buckle. Yeah, the belt buckle was one of those things where you got to let them know that you're the commentating cowboy. You know? And I got the boots on, the buckle on. It just makes me feel a little bit more classy. Because at the end of the day, I am just a white trash bum. And uh, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. Great to see everybody, including so, you, Big Handsome. So what's next for Pat McAfee and WB? Yeah, so my schedule is awesome, wild, busy, plus gorgeous little baby girl, beautiful bride. So trying to balance everything has certainly been a thing, but anytime I get the opportunity to work alongside the geniuses and greats that are in the WWE, I'm certainly going to make the most of it and take advantage of the opportunity, because this is a dream come true. So who knows what's next? But it'll be something. It'll be something. Maybe WrestleMania? I don't know. To be honest, I got to really have a conversation with myself about everything that happened in that ring tonight. You know? I learned a lot about me tonight. <laughs> you know? Learned a lot about me at this stage of my life tonight. So who knows what's next? Got to go to the drawing board. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be welcomed back at some point. Earlier today, I saw Steve Kern and, uh, and Gerald Briscoe. And I, I went and said hello, but I saw Dory Funk. I wanted to hide because it sounds silly. Uh, I can't think about him because the fight isn't really for him. He had his fight. If you had asked him, he was as happy as could be with what he, what he accomplished. But the fight now is for my wife, uh, my daughter, my mom. So I don't think about Dusty. Even though, you know, I can't not think about them. I think about them. And uh, to see them in the front row and, you know, I never tell them anything that's happening. So they're always just the best possible thing to ever is to see my mom and her know I, I'm doing all right. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, that's, it's very exciting to be here and do it. And uh, when I go to sleep tonight and hopefully dream of uh, the man himself, I can tell him, drew a pretty big house in St. Pete and uh, was on last, hit my finish. That's all that ever mattered to him. So it'd be a great moment. Thank you, D.
If you guys have any questions in regards to the show, all you have to do is go to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Any suggestions in regards to the show, anything in regards to anything about professional wrestling or music or anything that you have in mind, all you got to do is go to the email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com and I will be glad to mention it on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, guys, so um, I'm about to extend an apology at this time because there's a lot of things that I got to handle and there's a lot of things I got to finish off to at this time. So I've got a huge announcement that I'm going to mention here in a few minutes. Now, before we talk about that announcement immediately. We want to go ahead and mention uh, the whole thing with Vengeance Day that's going to be happening uh, tomorrow night uh, as it takes place. It's going to be uh, happening on Sunday, February the 4th. And let me tell you the lineup of the matches that are going to be taking place at the Vengeance Day event. There's going to be a total of six matches. And um, Vengeance Day, well, well I, don't, I don't think uh, it's going to be in this particular order, but to give you an idea as to what's about to happen. Let me give you an idea. We got Jack going one-on-one against Joe Gacy in a no-disqualification match. Six-person tag, uh, mixed tag match. It's going to be the family of Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and Rizzo to take on uh, Out the Mud, which is O-T-M. Now I know what that stands for. And it's going to consist of um, Lucent Price, Bronco Nemo, Anima, and Jada Parker with scripts in their corner. Ilya Dragunov to take on uh, Trick Williams for the NXT Championship. Um, uh, Oba Femi taking on Dragon Lee for the NXT North American Championship. Laya Valkyria defending her NXT Women's Championship. That's going to happen against Roxanne Perez. And, of course, the finals of the Dusty Cup Classic here. Tag Team Classic right here is going to have Ron Breaker and Baron Corbin taking on Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. The winner receives a shot at the NXT Tag Team Championship match which will probably happen at Stand and Deliver. 
Now, those are the matches that are going to happen at Vengeance Day and everything else like that. That's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, my apologies for not making any predictions or any sort of um, uh, any sort of thoughts on each of the matches, but we will talk about this a little bit more possibly on the next episode of the Maybet Talk podcast. Now, i got a huge announcement i got to make here. Now, we are actually going to end the show right now, and my apologies for making this part a little bit shorter because of some of the things that I have been receiving uh, while I was recording this episode of the Mayvet Talk podcast. Now, a couple things we need to talk about, and most of it does involve Vince McMahon, and does inv- there's a, a lot to talk about there. And also another thing, um, and I have not talked about this yet, and uh, we know there were a couple of Main Event Talk exclusives that I was going to be showing you on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, but we are actually going to save this, not for the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, which will happen next week on the Main Event Talk podcast on Saturday, but we're going to actually do an episode tomorrow. Yes, we're going to actually do an episode tomorrow. This is the explanation as to why. I have received several text messages, several emails, and I have uh, seen several news reports. It seems that a lot of people are furious about something that's gone down. We know that Cody Rhodes is the winner of the Royal Rumble. We know about that. We also know that Cody wants to get his hands on Roman Reigns and go after him for the Undisputed Championship at WrestleMania. We know about what's about to go down there. And we also know, and this is not related to what I'm talking about, but we know that CM Punk is injured. And we know that the scheduled plan was supposed to have been for Seth Rollins to take on CM Punk for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. That was supposed to be the plan, right? Now, we know that that match is not going to happen. And possibly Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Championship at WrestleMania will possibly not happen either. And that's a bit shocking, but there's going to be a bit more to talk about on the next episode of the Maybet Talk podcast. Well, not the next episode. It's going to, it's going to be sort of a, um, we'll call this episode 301 and a half because of this part here. And, and it's huge. It's huge to talk about because of the key components, because of, because of Cody Rhodes, because of Roman Reigns, because of WrestleMania, and because of a certain individual that I don't feel to mention at this point in time right now. I think some people have an idea of who it is. And I've heard that the WrestleMania match that may happen is now being looked at as the worst decision that the WWE has ever made. And I couldn't agree more because of my statements and my thoughts about the whole matter. And it's ridiculous of how this has gone by. Now, we're not, like I said, once again, we're not going to get into detail of everything that's going on right now. We're going to save that for the next episode of the Main Event Talk. Well, not the next episode, but we're going to save it for the next part. And this is just a part that's going to take place tomorrow on the Main Event Talk podcast. Um, it's huge. It's something to really consider. And, you know, I'm hoping, I mean, even though we are 60, where? We're 64 days to 63 days to WrestleMania. We're hoping something comes to an agreement because the one match that I had said should not happen may happen. 
And trust me, a, a lot of fans are already not liking this idea. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to keep this separate. We're going to keep this episode separate from the next part, which will be released tomorrow. It's going to be interesting. Um, and that's all I have to say about that at this point in time. So for now, that's going to do it for this episode of the Maybet Talk Podcast. We have talked about the Royal Rumble. We've talked about the whole thing with Vince McMahon. Of course, we talked a little bit about Vengeance Day. I may talk a little bit more about uh, Vengeance Day. NXT Vengeance Day on the next on the episode coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about that a little bit more just to kind of give you guys an idea of, you know, just to make the just to make the episode a little bit interesting at this point because there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that's not not going well, not going interesting, and it's just very very nuts to say the very least. So. As always, follow the main event on Twitter, twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player too. If you want a friend, request me on Facebook. Proceed at your own fucking risk. Subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I believe you can still go to Google Podcasts, but from what I understand, Google Podcasts will no longer be around until March. So you still have time to subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast and listen to the latest news, everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, going to be interesting. Or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. I will see you tomorrow, and we will talk more about what I have just talked about. I know there's not a whole lot to talk about, but let's just say that it's not good. It's, it's not good, to say the very least. And uh, also, it's one thing I got to say. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Now, there is one more thing that I have to mention before I leave this episode. I'm sure you heard it. I'm sure you heard part of it. And I think you're going to hear more at the end of this episode just to make up for what's about to happen. There is a show that's happening tonight over at Brucha Street, which features the Periwinkle Massacre, which features Modern Day Renegades, Zombie King, and of course the, reun- the reunization of Shattered Sun, which will all take place tonight at Brewster Street. And I know there's some people that are probably wondering one question and one question only. Will the main event be at Brewster Street tonight. Will the main event show up at the reunion show? Will the main event be there for the Periwinkle Massacre, the Modern Day Renegades, and Shattered Sun, and vice versa? Will the main event be at the show at all? In the traditional motion picture story, the villains are usually defeated. The ending is a happy one. I can make no such promise for the picture you're about to watch. The story isn't over. You and the audience are part of the conflict. News today, two murders and a robbery in less than 24 hours. Hospitalized in critical condition after a severe... You look at the changes in America since 1960, perhaps... The, the whole culture has been transformed. They're training them for the collective and a collective mindset and a dependency mindset. These artists are using their talent 
to project their feelings and ideas, not just please people. Miami Nation got some scraps, I'll take a listen. We rub the streets, we all born of a different breed. 